Wait, are you going to be shit-faced at the bakery? Probably. Nice. Yep. I kind of imagine shit-faced bubs, like, sitting down in some suburban lawn just eating this cake with your fists. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make it back. I'm so hungry. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then you eat your mom's birthday cake. And, or maybe you'll eat it and then you'll feel you, you'll feel so ashamed you don't want to go back and you never go back. And I, I just go to the woods and never come back. <laughs> well, then she'll become, like, the queen of the mountains and... <laughs> Well, we just have hills, but... I kind of want Bubs to go, like, live in... Not even the hills of San Diego. You want me to one Hata? Yeah, but, like, (laughs) suburban? Like, I want you to be the one Hata of San Diego, except you just, like, wander around, like, sleeping in people's fancy backyard hammocks and, like, children make up stories and legends about you. And you, like, have this I'll be, like, Slender Man, but, like, blonde lady that looks crazy. (laughs) (laughs) everyone and welcome to may we geek again episode 46 and uh, as always if you're a returning fan thank you so much welcome back you are the reason we're here and um, also what's wrong with you i know because like, i mean yeah. <laughs> um, your lack of self-respect is the reason we're here because we really have no self-respect Exactly. <laughs> we thrive um, on like the little nuggets of other people's lack of self-respect. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're a new listener, hi. Um, and we're sorry. Um, yeah, weird that you're here now, but um, <laughs> welcome. welcome. <laughs> Maybe you got tired of uh, the other podcasts. The good ones. Um, and uh, <laughs> you're here. This is a podcast. This is a geek podcast where um, we talk about uh, sci-fi. My name is Shaheen. And I am joined today by my lovely podcast partners, Joe. Hi. And Bubs. Hey. Who's opening chips. Oh my god, can you hear? So sorry, I'm trying to get Bobsa to stop whining. Opening a bag of (laughs) treats. Oh, and that little tinkling sound you hear is Bonsai's call. Oh shit, let me take that off. Um, so yeah, welcome. And um, today we're talking about the hundred season five episode eight. And this episode is called "How We Get to Peace." It's written by Lauren Moore and directed by Antonio Negret. And before we get into all of that discussion, um, let me just say you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter. Um, where, you know, at maybe, uh, maybe geek again, we're Joe. It's not maybe Joe again. I mean, we can always Joe as much as you want. <laughs> where Joe is Joeing. And, um, All of us Joe off a little from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, oh, you're a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pretend to not know my brand. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're being sweet. Oh, no. No. <laughs> it was both sweet. I mean, it depends how you take it. Really, it's just a reflection of yourself, as J. Roth would say. Wow. Isn't this an Aristotle thing that we talked about? You are having Is it like a cave thing? Watch yourself masturbate? No, remember the Aristotle thing. <laughs> Is there a 
platonic ideal of masturbating? Like, is that a thing? I think this goes back to the question of if you had a clone, would you? I mean, A, absolutely. And B, but like, is there, like, here's my question. Okay. And then, and then you can continue counting. So like, let's say that there's like a platonic ideal of a chair, right? It is the world's greatest chair. Okay. Is the world's, is, when declaring the world's greatest chair, is that per person? Like, is the world's greatest orgasm a a personal thing? Like you have a platonic ideal or there is, or humanity itself has a platonic ideal of an orgasm? Like how, which one? I I don't know. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Break it down. Well, so it depends on whether you think the essence of the orgasm is unique to the individual or not. If if you think every individual has every individual's orgasm is a unique thing and cannot be compared to anyone else's, then you, they would each have their own form. But if um, you think that they all share one thing that's the common denominator that makes all of them be the same thing, be manifestations of the same thing, uh, which is, you know, whatever the orgasm with capital O is, um, <laughs> that would that would then have just this one form and then they would all be like imperfect instantiations of that. Huh. I mean, I'm sad that like this is by nature uh, something that we would never know the answer to because you would have to d- know whether or not you subscribe to the method of like how something feels to the individual, which is very subjective, or if you can like somehow quantify, um, you know, mathematically with, uh, you know, if you say these nerve impulses at this frequency is optimal. And Dude, we're going to talk this about this when you talk about humans. Oh, okay. This is yes. exactly what we, I'm, We'll, we'll yeah, save we'll, it. And sorry, we'll, new we'll, listeners, we are also apparently a philosophy podcast, but not <laughs> super mature about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you and derail your intro. Always, um, yeah, so... <clears throat> sorry. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at maybegeekagain at gmail.com. And that's that. Um, what's everyone drinking today? Uh, I have a couple St. Archer beers. That what's that? My mom bought them at Costco. They're San Diego <laughs> beers. What is there a varietal? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God, bonsai. <laughs> it's yeah. So there's the first one I'm drinking is a Mosaic IPA. Goddamn IPAs every. And the next one is just IPA. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, so that's yeah. What's the mosaic IPA? It's it's more potent apparently. It's nine percent. Oh god, this is gonna be great. The next one's only seven percent though. I like staggered. Yeah, only. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, I'm drinking water. I'm not very exciting, but I might also be dying. So it's kind of a toss up. (sighs) Well, that's yeah. So. Yeah, I, you just never know. Like, it feels like I might be getting a cold. Maybe it's just allergies. So let's just, like, eat some cold medicine and allergy medicine and see where we shake out by I mean, that it's time. probably Ebola, so, like, good luck with that. It's, maybe, it's, maybe I'm full of worms. Who knows? Who knows? Ooh. What about you, Shaheen? What do you think? Um, as, you know, listeners might know from last time, Bob's used to um, obsess over Ebola. Wait, nice <laughs> I forgot I talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> she used to spend all day reading about Ebola. Is that, is that accurate? Oh my god, yeah. yeah, it's not all day. I just had a very healthy fixation 
on Ebola. Yeah. Okay. Bob's doesn't want me telling this story. <laughs> I mean, sorry, um, Bonsai. He does, he, yeah, he's afraid of Ebola. Yeah. <laughs> but he Bonsai also had like again. a... Oh, yeah, continue. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say he had an, um, a butt abscess once, so I think it's oh, like... Jesus. He's fine now. He's fully healed. <laughs> he's back to just having one hole. Oh, God. Okay. Can we... Let, we need to move this along. Oh, my God. I know <laughs> Shaheen, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Great segue to what I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking tea. Um, freshly brewed just right now. And, yeah. So... Among other things, Shaheen? Among other things. I mean... <laughs> that's enough are we, listeners are we know. gonna get into that <laughs> like I, I mean joe I mean, did me a favor today because you know she leaves me alone every time by myself <laughs> but this time we're in yeah. it together buddy we're together oh oh that's cute <laughs> all right so um let's get into the episode um let's do overall takes um let's start with Oops. Oh, um, I wrote something down. Um, yeah, no, I was shocked by how bad the episode title was. Was that just me that was like, how we get to peace is the title of this episode? Um, maybe I mean, I, was... I feel like it was either going to be that or break the cycle. Like that was going to be, yeah. And at two, at two was probably a little on the nose. So, <laughs> but that would have been a great. Reference to anything? Usually, their titles are some sort of reference. It, well, they Dioza and Clark say this is how we get to peace. Did someone else say it, or was it just them? I feel like I want to say. Didn't they say almost word for word on the Expanse this week? But that's a separate. Issue oh, I haven't we'll seen about. it yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, 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 I'm just saying. Like, I'm upset that I haven't been able to watch it yet because my family is clingy as fuck. <laughs> cool so despite having the one of the worst titles um it still was a really solid episode and i really liked it good job season five <laughs> cool um so one of the best is it like it's not the best but uh this okay this season is getting to the point where it's like oversaturated of awesome good. yeah it's really hard to put these in order of like what's best, apart from like 406 being my least favorite for reasons that are totally not emotional or <laughs> irrational. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Um, so, I like the episode a lot. I kind of have issue, like the very first time watching it. Um, maybe I'm just too cynical. But, like, it was almost too earnest of an episode. Like, I found some parts of it, like, very heavy-handed and cheesy. On rewatch, it was a little bit better. And, like, maybe I was swayed by, like, everyone losing their fucking minds on the internet about it. But, like, <laughs> it's very... hard not to be swayed. It's I know, I know. But, like, the very first time, like, I watched it, like, for example, like, the scene where Kane and Dio's are, like, and he are out looking at, a, like, you know, the landscape. And he's, like, describing where everything's going to be. I, like rolled my eyes so hard I gave myself a concussion <laughs> like but that is who Kane is like I mean, literally it is, but then Dioza being like and then you know like her like being like look I'm pregnant here's my belly touch it and like let's call her hope and I was like oh my god oh, <laughs> oh my god dude I tear up at that scene every time I know everyone else <laughs> you're not alone everyone like was talking about how like it moved them and they were crying about it and I was like Pfft. I was 
wasn't that moved by it, but I, I was also not bothered. And also, Hope is a terrible name for it's a baby. It's awful. But, like, on rewatch, I will say, like, it, like, maybe my cynicism had, like, melted a little bit. And, like, I was, <laughs> I was less hostile towards it. But, again, like... Like you said, it's an embarrassment of riches in good episodes because I still liked this episode at like probably like a solid eight. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't really bitch and complain when I'm like, this is still really fucking awesome. And I love the way that like the plot moved forward and a lot of stuff. And like there were just like a little, a few little moments where I'm like, I'm way too much of an asshole to be dealing with the level of earnestness. (laughs) It was some things I feel like were just not your cup of tea. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, clearly it moved everyone else, and, like, I know that I react emotionally to things in a different way um, a lot of the times than, than than other people. So, like, if everyone else was feeling it, like, don't let me yuck your yum. <laughs> no, I mean, this is a very interesting phenomenon. I've had this experience before. I, a lot of times I don't check the forums and stuff, but um, um, and when I do, it, it goes very differently from when I don't, like... But there are times when I watch a show on my own and then I check out what people are saying or people what people have said. And I'm pretty surprised. Like, I realized people were pissed at this character for a whole while or people were, you know, not happy about whatever happened. And I'm like, oh, I, okay. I was actually not, I didn't have any strong feelings about that. But if I was involved in those discussions, I'm sure I would be on one side or the other. So, um yeah, that that kind of I don't know that if that's if that's being swayed or um it it kind of bothers me that that happens. It's very interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's um it's always interesting when you go online or you're part of fandom because I know that like we just get into it so much deeper and think about it so much farther that I think that eventually we kind of push our own narrative out there <laughs> just from like overthinking about it. And then you have, like, general audience talk about it, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't you realize this, this, and this, and this? And like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> and they're like, just let me enjoy this. And you're like, this is why you're wrong. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm being a dick. I'm being crazy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But no, it, it is funny because it, it happens, like, even just on the level of what Shaheen's saying is um, when you go in where everyone's talking about it, I think some people have already talked themselves into whatever – um take they've had on it and so you come in and it's like completely different from what you saw and it is very jarring to like have such a different take um yeah because i mean like you shaheen mentioned that like you know you welled up at it and i think like selena in her review like was talking about like how like it made her weepy and like other people on twitter like just like people being like oh my god you know whatever and i'm like i did not feel that i will say um Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, yeah, again, and that's okay. I mean, there fine. are probably other people who felt that way. This is it's like fine. earlier in the season when I didn't like it, and, and you like, guys were telling me there are probably other people. And it turned out it was true when I said those things on the podcast. I realized there are other people who agree. With yeah, it. which like, <laughs> and that's fine. And we don't have to like get in a fight about it. You know that like I don't have a heart, and that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're just our little robot. Beep boop. <laughs> no, I mean you. You saw aspects of it that 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 made it cheesy for you, and you can point that out as we go along. And again, it was still like a really just good episode. Like I still liked it a lot. So yeah, you know. and right. it's yeah. it's funny when something's cheesy among like characters that like you're into, and suddenly like it's cheesy, but you're like so into it, and like you're like <laughs> shut up, everyone calling it cheesy. Because I'm sure like 
you guys may have found like the mama bear thing cheesy. Oh like, my god! Even I kind of was like sort of cheesy, but love it. Love this cheese pizza. <laughs> Feed me all this cheese pizza. <laughs> Don't even give me a napkin to blot off the grease. <laughs> exactly. I just want to like sit here and just like you know be greasy with it. <laughs> Dripping cheese. Dripping cheese. Mm. <laughs> Some sauce. Anyway, Dripping okay. off your face. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's unzipped their pants on this listening to this. So we're just, we're not, we're not feeding that fetish. It's not funny. yet. You it's think, early. Do you think that didn't happen on previous episodes? What, that somebody has like masturbated while listening to our podcast? God, I yeah. hope so. It makes me th- sad. To like, do you hope that happened. like we were just background noise enough that like that was like some sort of like soothing thing in the background or that like they are like, they're getting off on a particular like something about the show? Like, would you prefer it to be active or passive? Just the chorus of sexy voices and yeah. uh, butt sex, a lot of dick jokes. And, <laughs> <else>. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what's, what's like, the most, like, explicitly gross thing we've ever talked about. But, like, honestly, there's a lot out there. There's... I mean, edited or unedited? Are we talking about mm-hmm. things that I have heard and cut out? Oh, God, what have you cut out? What have you cut out? Where is this, like, real of just, like, terrible things that we've said that have, has been cut out? I feel I like mean, we, we need to have, like, an, do you still have all the old files? We can, like, release a special episode. A special triple X rated. We'll call it. Where we talk about We can never run for president. And... <laughs> Opposition yeah. research. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, so my overall take <laughs> is that um, I like the episode. I felt like a lot happened, and mostly I'm just happy that I'm glad that a lot of the questions or some like just kind of nagging questions that I had from last time were kind of answered this time. Um, and we'll get to it. So, you know, I had a lot of questions about why is there a war to begin with? Mm-hmm. What are Dioza's terms? You know, does Octavia know? And so those questions were mostly answered this time. Not that, like, I'm satisfied with how things were, but I at least got my answers. So okay. that's, uh, yeah, so we'll get to it. I'm excited to hear where you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's start with Eligius. Um and you know, let's start talking. Uh, let's um, talk about Kane and Dioza, and then we'll segue into McMemory, and then you know, Shaven and all of that. I have a perfect <laughs> just plan. ship names for everything. Yeah, <laughs> and then we talk about addiction, and then we take a break, um, and then we come back and talk about one crew. Okay. Um, so I have I have it all laid out. You have a plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't you worry. So. <laughs> So, yeah, let's start with Kane and Dioza. Um, I guess we already talked a little bit about the Hilltop conversation. Um, <laughs> I mean... So, yeah, I, I like it. I mean... They're going to um, fuck, right? They have to. Like, come on. Yeah. Also, did you guys notice the Like, the I baby might be names? the most invested in this. <laughs> Sorry. What? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if they didn't? Sorry, didn't we notice what, Bubs? The, so in the, the notebook that she had, mm-hmm. it took me like the third watching to realize that like when he's like, are these the people you've killed? I was like, oh, it's the baby name options. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so she's having a girl. <laughs> but it's like the shameless self-insert from the writer's room made me yeah. so happy. <laughs> well, that and then like also 
Diosa does not strike me as the kind of person who would keep a list of baby names. I it mean, felt really out of character for me. Actually, I, I think that it... Or is this just like, look, everyone, she's soft. The thing is, no. No, I think it's like... I don't know. Like, you're not like the cuddliest maternal person, but I feel like if you were going to get another cat, you'd have a list of cat names. In my head. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, like, particularly soft or, I don't know, romantic or whatever? Because, like, you have a list. You have to make a choice. You think of some options. She has a lot of downtime. you have a list in your head. What's, you know, what's so... What's the big deal about writing it down? I expected a more utilitarian um, handwriting. <laughs> like She's I, I, layered, Joe. I've just been, like, thrown off by, like, Dioza being, like, suddenly very, like, soft. And I'm very confused by this. And, like, maybe it's because... May, are they trying to be, like, pregnancy hormones? Or, like, I mean, she was always like-, like this. Like, I'm just very confused. I'm like, your handwriting is very loopy. You're writing down baby names in your... St- war strategy notebook like you're letting Kane touch your belly like what the fuck is happening I mean I but maybe this is I'm the wrong audience for this moment I think so I think so okay Um, but like I also think that it doesn't make her like more like cuddly I think it's more like it could be pregnancy hormones because like I always ask people I'm like is nesting a real thing because it nesting like fascinates me (laughs) Um, and for people who don't know what that is um, which I think is most people know what, but it's just like a pregnant woman at a certain point, like will just organize her whole house, organize all the baby things, make sure like, it's just like a very, it's like it's, a bird it's building, building its nest. nest. Yeah. And it's apparently it's like a very real thing. That's just like a switch is flipped and it happens. <laughs> so I think that it's partially like she's five months. Like I think she's, that's what she's, she's doing. there. Yeah, she wants her kid to, like, make out with someone under her bleachers. I, I love that she's, like, planning a football team. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, like, and her kid is, is not on the just team. Like, <laughs> right? Sorry. Is this just, like, you, you, one of those things where, like, the character has to be an asshole for, for, us, for us to like him? Like, what? She's just being she a is person. an asshole. Like, she's just being... Like, she doesn't have to be a murderer to be... A badass. But she well, is a murderer. But, I mean, no, I guess... A badass. I just didn't really... I don't know. Like, it it was just this sort of, like, all of a sudden, that kind of sort of maternalness being dumped on us as an audience. And, like, I know that, yes, we just found out that, you know, in theory, that she was pregnant. Like, you know, for those of us who didn't, like, know that the character was going to become, you know, be shown to be pregnant. Um... But, like, that it was just kind of, like, boom, baby names. Boom, making out under the bleachers. And I was like, whoa, whoa, pu- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, whoa. it kind of seems like this episode was set out to be a sort of Diozo apologetics. A what episode? A mom- a oh, yeah, it was episode. totally a mommy episode. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, Diozo apologetics is, like, it's. it seems like it sets out the premise that Diozo is as bad as Octavia and then refutes it and so this is her end, like by the end of the episode th- okay i mean yeah like I it could... seems like yeah sorry go ahead. no no i could i i'm agreeing with you continue because like i feel like at this point i feel like dioza might be the first leader on the show who thinks straight and like they're just like a normal person who are like yeah um you know my end goal is this and i don't have to like kill a bunch of people to get there 
I um, mean... And, you know, I wonder if it's a coincidence that she's the only leader who's from our time. Um, or is that just a common fact about narratives that the closest person to the audience is always the best person? Well, but she she's the one who betrayed one crew from the get-go. Yeah, but then her pregnancy hormones kicked in and now she's nice. <laughs> well, I mean, did she betray It's them, been like or? five days. They didn't just... She did. She. It was before they even saw Octavia. She said, we're going to kill the hostage taker and his girlfriend and we're going to take the doctor and we're going to just like... I don't remember what she said about it, but it, they were going to yeah, betray everybody. I mean, they, were, they were, when they first arrived, they had no idea what was going on. And they were just like, yeah, we're not taking anyone in. We're just going to take the doctor. And that's it. Did you um, guys notice I, the, de- I'm sorry. Like, I, no, no, go ahead. did you guys notice the detail about that? She was pregnant before cryo sleep. Yeah. Well, I assumed it had to be that. What? That she wouldn't fuck uh, McCreary oh. when they like took over the whatever. Uh, well, because it's just like, she's five months pregnant. They just got there. They haven't been awake for five months. Like, they just woke mm. up. So, I like, mean, but that, like, I mean, sets up a little on the way that people... A hundred years. Hmm? Um, they went to sleep a hundred years ago. Did they start coming back? Well, that oh, that is, that is like the murky part. So yeah, like we don't know how, when they woke up at some point, like on the minor ship or, or not, or, you know, on the asteroids. I thought they were just floating around for a while because like these miners, obviously that these mines would obviously have to be connected to the world, to the world, the world of the economy. And they, they were transporting material all the time. Right. So it shouldn't take a hundred years to bring what, bring back what you mined. I know, maybe they, like, shut it down or something. Yeah, I, I, we have a lot of questions. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, derail us or whatever. But no, I thought that's that was like a really interesting detail that fetuses can survive cryosleep. I still don't think they can. Science. Yeah. Okay. Um, Science. But, you know, I, I, I have no evidence to the contrary or anything. It's just, like, it's just, I don't know. Well, I mean, the schmiance says it's that schmiance. it can. The schmiance says that it can, and I, I don't think we have... We obviously don't have practical um, examples. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like against it. I'm just like I it just doesn't seem really like a thing. Um, but yes, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no. So I mean, I I feel like when they first got there, they didn't know what was going on, and I guess yeah, you could say well, why did they come with that sort of attitude? But then they they also when they dug them out, they what they saw was like batshit crazy and so yeah like, but they had yeah, already made their yep, decision we're not we're not letting these people into our thing but then when they thought about it they're when they got kane and kate kane told dioza look it's not as bad as you think there are people there who are sane in their sane mind and everything she's then she thought okay well then um the problem is just octavia now i do she's think that wrong. she should have communicated that well, better she should have said at some point before Clark radioed. She should have told that to them and to Octavia. She should have said, "Look, you can even be a regular citizen if you want, uh, but you can't be Blood Rain anymore." Well, but she so she already betrayed Blood Rain before. Like so, they were gonna screw them over before they saw what was going on under the bunker. I think that it is a point that Kane has had an influence on her. 
But that's Kane's influence. And I, I give her props for listening to it. But, like, she's still, she was the one that, like, blew shit up before, like, Octavia was going along with everything. Like, we don't know what the situation would have been had they not been betrayed. Um, And also, at that point, Bellamy was planning on killing, or was threatening to kill all of her people. So... She was also, she also had to deal with that, so... Well, but he um, wasn't, he wasn't actually going to do it. He was just asking for, like, that was their deal, was to get... But how did she know if she could trust him, you know? like For sure. But but, but I think that, that Shaheen makes a good point, though, is that, like, the way that that Dioza is presented, and, like, I, for better or worse, maybe this has to do with her longevity on the show, um, you know, is this in some ways sort of of leaders that we saw who, you know, were malleable to change. Mm-hmm. Lexa also comes to mind and things did not go very well for her when she tried to, um, you know, sort of change the status quo. Um, but I'd, I'd really be sort of curious if like maybe Dioza gets to sort of like kind of try that over, but it, you know, we'll see kind of what happens with Octavia and I guess next week in terms of their infighting. Cause I feel like McCreary in some ways is also not, the one to really, mm. you know, well, I think aside. my thing is that I do think that Dioza is being framed as being the kinder leader, and this is a Kane being voicing this is the first time we've had like an oppositional voice to it. And Octavia has been always framed as the antagonist this season, but still, I feel like there's not that many differences in t- between the two of them. It's just that Dioza right now has um, Eden. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the land. If if the situation was flipped, I don't know how ruthless she would have she would have gotten to get exactly. There. So it's, it is it's like a different. They are on different grounds, literally. <laughs> um, so, but no, it, it's interesting either way. And I still like, I still feel like there's there's commentary, like an undercurrent of commentary in terms of how we're supposed to take them and how everything is going to end up playing out. Um, and, I don't know, it's exciting to watch. What do you mean by undercurrent of commentary? I think it's just, we're we're meant to, like, sympathize more with Dioza. Right now. Right now. And you now. think that's a, that's a trap of some sort? I'm, I'm saying that maybe it's, like, there's going to be, like, a, a switch that's flipped and we see it a different way. I mean, one possibility because is that Because she was a terrorist time... in her own time, and we don't know right. what, how, um... What's it called? I never remember the term. Um, something narrative, narrator. Um, unreliable. Yes, we don't know whether uh-huh. it's a reliable or unreliable narrator, and um, in like the way I that mean, the narrators, the, sorry, the narrators are the characters, so they're just the, each of them is just presenting their own perspective. Yeah, but like it's like. It's like when I say, like, oh, I'm totally a completely balanced, not over-emotional shipper. Like, I can say that. <laughs> you can make say it that, true. But it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might even believe it, but it's not necessary. I true. might believe it. Do I? I don't believe it. But I might. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dioza's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, being, Kane's I mean, so going to raise it, right? <sighs> right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Dioza and of course, and it's like the Pandora's baby. box reference. I love how Dioza doesn't give a <laughs> fuck that, that McCurry is the father of her child. I mean, why should um, she? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm totally on board with it. I mean, I'm a strong, independent woman. 
I was thrilled. I was very we, happy when... I think we're made well, to believe that. I, yeah, but like, I, I believe that too until you brought up the fact that she's been pregnant for a year in five months because that means that when she set out on this mission, and that's probably why she doesn't have tumors, is because they didn't know... When she was set out, no, a hundred years. I mean, I mean, that's what I meant. I know, but we've only um, we have the the first apocalypse or Prime Baya happened like a hundred and some years ago, so she would have had to like. No, I guess, I guess we just don't know how many, how long they were in cryo sleep to get to the asteroid, how long they were awake at the asteroid. Like, we, we don't have enough details. I we think we're made to details. believe that it's McCreary's. Okay. Maybe it's Vincent's. I don't know. He so was weirdly hot for that moment. It was so confusing. <laughs> Wait, Vincent? Vincent? Or... Vincent. Really? Well, when he was shirtless, and then I, I like, didn't even recognize who he was, and I was like, who's this guy? And then he got up, and I was Vincent like, oh, God. Later. Oh, God. <laughs> let's, let's get to Vincent later. Yeah, um, and you thinking have, he's have, hot. We have a, differing I, opinions on that. Um... <laughs> I want to. I want to go back to McCurry. So I was thrilled that he, that um, Dio's didn't give a fuck, throw him out like a rat. But um, right, what did you, you hate What did you want to say about her smile, Bubs? Oh, so um, I thought like so. I thought that she had like a love hate relationship with him. Um, uh-huh. I thought it was just one of those things where like she know like kind of like Amorian Murphy. Like she kind of knows he's terrible, but at the same time she loves him, and you know, love is weird. Um, and so I thought that something like that was going on, but clearly, now that we've seen that whole thing play out, and I, as I was writing my notes, it, like, kind of dawned on me why she was so thrilled. It's like, he is problematic, and he is the the hardest part about he it. He is her problematic fave. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's, it's not her fave. Also, I think Kane He's is now the fave. Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but, like, McCreary, you saw when he he comes back into the camp... Everyone is thrilled to see him. Everyone's like, yes, my man. Like, so it's, this character is someone that people listen to. It's like, it's like season one Bellamy, if Bellamy had actually been the horrible person he like portrayed for the first like two seconds. Like, that's, that's who McCreary is. Um, And she she uses him as a tool. There is misguided and there is vicious he's vicious yeah and Be- bellamy just seems seemed misguided in season one it's, he, he did what he, he thought charismatic. he had to do, as always. he was charismatic yeah, no, but was naive it's fine sorry what oh i just said he was just kind of an idiot when he was like trying to be well, like a bad guy yeah i mean he, he was charismatic he but he naive. he had to do that yeah yeah and it but, worked but uh mccrary is not naive he's just an asshole he's just that's just <laughs> legitimately who he is and yeah. so but like think about it if he, if Murphy and Amori would have, like, done away with him, that's, like, Dios is in to use his death, like, this very popular person among the prisoners, everyone's, like, right-hand man, um, to unite all of them against what they perceive to be the, the people against them. Like, it would have been such a problem solver in terms of, like, no one's following oh, yeah. her, no one wants to follow her because they don't, like, who are you? <laughs> McCreary is her Maddie. Like, he, but instead of keeping him close, like Octavia is doing with Maddie, mm-hmm. um, like he is dangerous. Well, he's he at all distances. Yes, and he could have been who Bellamy wanted Wells to be when he died. 
I mean, are you saying people would have rioted if he died in the hands of Murphy and Amori? I'm saying people would have been more un- united together in the cause instead of kind of just been like, well, we're here. We don't really want to do more work. We just came off of a work camp, basically. Um, but if they feel more united because, like, they are a people. They are the prisoners that just, like, arrived back from our, back to Earth. Like, they, there is something that ties them all together. And if they had something more visceral to respond to, like the death of a very popular prisoner, um, mm. that's something that would unite them in a way that Dioza is struggling to do. That's interesting. Cause, so you're saying that uh, solution to problem number two actually kind of conflicts with solution to number four. Problem number one, right? So she had the two, she, she said two calls and two problems solved, right? Uh One problem was Octavia and one problem was, uh, McCrary. Uh But you're saying letting McCrary die that way, uh, as a martyr would actually unify the prisoners against one crew, which goes against her other plan, which is integrate one crew. It's not certain to, well, Yes and no. I think it's... it's, They would have made a more cohesive army. Yes, in case they needed it, should... And, like, look what happens. Um, Well, I guess Octavia's down for the count, but, like, we... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Right, it would be better for a war, but it it would be harder to to integrate. Well, but she doesn't need to use him as as the martyr unless she needs to use him. And and he's not going to want to share the, the land with everyone. So he would also, by being alive, go against um, integrating them too. So right. it's problematic. Yeah. So it's so either way, it's a problem. But it's better. He's better dead. No, yes. him dead is, dead is not a dead problem. Than alive. <laughs> she doesn't need like she would have to give like a speech and being like they killed this guy. They did this. Like you know. That's when it's a tool. She has that in her back pocket should she need it. But him being dead just kind of solves the other problem of like him being problematic. Right. And a threat. Exactly. Yeah. With that, let's segue into McMemory. So we talked about McMemory <laughs> quite a bit. I mean, I um, loved it so much. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't clear what McCurry's side of the deal was when they... Yeah. When hey, this is a Murphy bad deal for Murphy. Deal. Well... I mean, okay, so Murphy's side of the deal is you pretend you took us prisoner and that gets us... And in. then Amori's going to undo their... Yeah. That gets I don't us think he... The no, he couldn't have told them that because... I No, but like that's between Murphy yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, Amori. Yeah. Like that's their thing. Yeah. Wait, so what do you think he told McCurry? Um... Get us back to the camp? I, like, Oh, no, because they like I think that he just wanted to like help... I think he probably said we want to help get our friend back. Yeah, yeah. But McCurry like, said I, I know how to help you get Raven back. That right. was the whole thing. So yes. he knows right. everything. But Murphy trusting that? No, like, no, no, no. Murphy does not trust that because yeah. Murphy knows him being the same person as him. He. The whole point is that McCreary does not know that Emery knows how to get the the collars off. That's his out. He's not. He has no faith in McCreary whatsoever because he knows him. It's himself. Like. Shady fucker knows shady fucker. It's, I mean, yeah. and and so okay. Well, I mean, he clearly told McCurry, "Get us into the camp. We'll worry about getting out." Yeah. Right. And okay, so McCurry, I understand that side of it is like, okay, you pretend we're prisoners, we get in the camp. That's our side of the deal. What is McCurry's side of the deal? Is he trying to get inside because he brought some hostages? 
Like, no, is he going to use like, that as a reward? That's the only way that they'll let him go. Yeah. Or not kill him. To let who go? McCreary. He thinks he's... Oh, that's the only has, way that Murphy lets him go. Yeah. He has to think they're chumps. Like, he has to think that they're chumps. And the only reason they're not chumps is because Amory knows how to get them out. And and also, like, how did how did Murphy know that Amory would show up? <laughs> what What do you mean? Like if he was he was banking on Amori getting the collars out, he was just heading to camp to camp alone. That part like, wasn't clear. He, I, he how did he know? How did he know that Amori was gonna? She was just gonna take a walk. She wasn't really actually going anywhere. Yeah, like he figured they'd run into each other. But like I, <laughs> well, so actually. their their conversation in the woods like where she like laid out why they weren't good together and why she was like kind of breaking them up like that was good and all but like fuck like murphy's like mm, they do not handle murphy's um sexual politics very well on this show so what did you mean by murphy's abusive behavior in your notes yeah just i mean all he does is like constantly like put her down and like make like snide hurtful remarks. But I feel um, like I mean he's sarcastic all the she time. She makes but remarks too. Yeah, she kind. Of, I feel it's like not she a just dynamic. She just said. I feel like basically what she said. They're not in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> the translation of what she just said is, um, I don't love you. I love the you know, this the adventures. I love the sexy. Well, no, 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 no. She, she said I love she the sexy him. badassery. I don't she, really like no, no, no. you. Because, like, once the adventure is over, you would just be good old boring John. No, no, no. no, no, no. I don't John, love you. John no. Murphy turns into a dick when he's not. He falls apart. He doesn't he know how to handle it. He falls he's not in he's chaos. Only, he's only that person when things are terrible. Like, that's all he knows. And yeah, so that's. He doesn't. She broke up with him because, like, once they found peace on the ring. Like, and he wasn't tied to her growth, that she, like, was an independent person, like, and growing in her own way, but, like, not reliant on him, um, or in this sort of codependency. Um, He can't function without that codependency. I don't think it's about the codependency. I think it's about... Or the chaos or whatever the fuck. I think for him, it's, it's about the environment, and he did not handle it well when she did not have the same issues with the environment than he did. And he felt alone again and he lashed out. And like, I think that there's definitely unhealthy elements. I don't think as a whole, it's like this toxic thing where, because he is not, he, it could be way worse. It could, it's not like, it's not like she is strong enough of a person by herself that she is not getting dragged down by this. And she makes it very clear. Like she says, for sure. She says, I, I like this aspect of you. She's very direct about it, but she can't, she can't have that aspect of him because she knows what it means when things settle down again. And she still, she still has too much hope that things are going to settle down again. And I think that's, that was actually like a really cute moment um, from her to like express that, like, that thought that there things are going to be good again and she knows that they're going to be good again and that's why she can't she can't do this with Murphy until he changes shit together. yeah exactly and but i love that like she like aired out her very like specific oh, like murphy kink in so in the good. middle of the woods she was like listen i would totally bang you right now cuz this gross slovenly collared thing where we're like almost gonna die is working for me like 
Okay. Um, can All I just right. say that this is the part that made me tear up? <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, you. what was the example of abusive behavior? What did, what did he say that was demeaning? Yeah, um, I would just say, like, the part where he was trying to use the radio at the beginning and, like, it didn't work. And then, you know, he was like, oh, you know, I guess you're just better blowing stuff up or something to that effect or whatever. Um, and you're just kind of like, yes, you can argue that it's, like, a one-off that's Murphy being sarcastic or whatever, but that's kind of just been his M.O. of him, like, directing those at her this whole season. Yeah, um, especially, because, like, uh, sort of... And she ignores it a lot of the time. Yeah. So to say that she fights back all the time or, like, snarks back at him, like, she does sometimes, but yeah. not... You know, specifically it's sort of uh, directed at her tech skills like he he kind of tries to put well, her down that's the on thing that, that, yeah that's the that thing she, that is that made her feel good about yeah, herself that's his, his jealous about his like which is like some tech like bullshit. Is her, her new husband <laughs> <laughs> tech her uh, tech is like murphy's jealousy. murphy's afraid of being replaced by a robot yeah clearly <laughs> um, um yeah so let's talk about Shaven. Um, Bubs, you said that um, was a little fast, the whole Shaven thing. Um, yeah, so there are parts that I liked about it. Um, I think that um, when you factor Echo into it, it, it kind of like sets up like we know that she's going to have like an insecure thing where she doesn't know um, where she fits in with everyone else. Um, and so I think that that planted the seed with Raven being like, no, we can't kill him. And, you know... Echo trying to say, like, well, but he's the pilot. He's the only pilot. Like, we kill him. Like, that's pretty easy. Like, we've, we've set up things for ourselves. Um, but, like, Raven doesn't really see things the same way, etc. Yet. Um, yet. But so, I, I guess, like, the weird part for me, it's not that it happened too fast. Like, I like, I, I've liked 95% of their interactions. I just thought it was weird that, like, she... She tells Echo, okay, I get it. We have to do this thing. And there's this, like, cute moment where, like, Joe also, like, called out about, like, the hand-holding. It was so which, nice. It was really nice. It was, it was like, something Are you that, talking about when uh, Vincent was in the room? Ah, uh, no. Or are you talking about the very When, after, after Raven deals with all the whole, um... Abby stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and she's lying okay. down so on the So the cot. very end of, yeah. Yeah. When they're, yeah. And especially, didn't she just tell him that um, all the um, deaths are on on him? Yes. What it, What was that about? Well, because he so the the part that he played in, um, he was instrumental in getting the um, the prisoners free. Basically, like without him, right. they wouldn't have been able to do anything. So, which deaths are on on Shaw? The the crew, the whole crew. The people that the prisoners killed? Yes. So why is Raven bringing that up now? Well, because she's because she feels guilty about giving Echo the go-ahead. So she's trying to find a reason to rationalize why it's okay for them to do that. You uh, know? Uh, why well, she's bringing this up to Shaw? Well, because she's she can't say that, like, okay, I decided that it's okay, we're going to kill you. So it's not it's not about him. It's not like about telling him. It's more about like the guilt that she feels in what she now finds is feels is necessary because Abby is involved now. And obviously she cares more about Abby than she cares about Shaw. That's what it's about. It has right. nothing to do with actually Shaw or anything. 
it's and that but that's not why the hand holding feels weird to you the hand the hand holding with echo is fine that that to me like because they've been on on the spaceship for or this whatever it's called for six years so they're friends they're friends like they've known each other for six years i wasn't even reading anything gay into it even (laughs) though i wanted to you can read it as gay as you want joe Thank you. Anyways. I didn't come, for me, like, it didn't even come, like, as much as I would have wanted it to. Like, it just, like, felt really sweet and comforting. Like, I was like, oh. Yeah. Poor Raven. (laughs) Was there a shaven hand holding? So, after that, so, um, she hold, Echo and Raven hold hands for, like, two seconds. And then Raven goes over to Shaw. And this is the part where she brings up, like, the whole addiction, whatever. No, no, Shaw comes to her. Remember, because right, she's still right. sitting. Oh, okay. But, and and Echo right, goes and then away. Adam, she went over yeah. to him. Oh, God damn it. I don't remember the end. So, um. The Shaw comes over, and then Echo's like, I'll like, give you guys. If you need me, I'll be over there. I'll kick his ass yeah. for you. Oh, okay. Like, I dropped okay, my okay. keys. I gotta get my keys. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that. So, I guess it's like she unloaded with him. When she doesn't really know him that well. I know that she feels bonded to him. And that to me made sense. Because, you know, he's a computer nerd person too. Like they they had like a this thing in, in common. They had this like fun meet cute. Um, it was like accidentally flirty slash killy. You know, normal hundred <laughs> I mean, stuff. On this show, it's fucking <laughs> That is Spanish fly. So I, I, get, I get there being like this, this bond and like a spark of curiosity. That's definitely there, and, like, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. I'm pro-shaven slash raw. Um, And so, but I did feel, like, this moment of unloading. It should have been, like, it would have made... They're too close for that to have been telling unburdening to a stranger. Yeah, because it should have, like, if if she was going to have that moment of unburdening, like... It should have been, like, Vincent, who she didn't fucking know. Or or Echo, like, somebody no, that she knows very, she, very no, well. No, no, it should have been it should have been Echo, especially because that was a moment where they could have... Echo could have been like, I know. That's why I had to join the army when I was little. And then I'd be like, okay, that's what I needed. Backstory to give me like reasons why Echo was a dick to everybody for like whatever. So, (laughs) but, but they're not going to set up Echo and Raven fucking. So that's why, that's why Shaw gets, but it was, it would have been, it would have been like a little nugget of Echo backstory that I needed. Um, she she is a mysterious mysterious person with no past. Maybe a cunt. We don't know yet. <laughs> to I be gotta seen. Say, what? I gotta say, I was a little confused by Raven's whole metaphor. Um, it sounded like she was talking about Abby with the whole like someone you really love, love, and they do anything to no. you. No. And then it sounded like she was talking to about her mom. She you didn't you don't rewatch season one all the time, do you? Um, haven't in a long time. So, season one, we find out um, the reason why Raven is so attached to Finn is because they they were neighbors, and um, her mother was drinking herself into a stupor, using her... She only had Raven to have extra rations to get booze, basically. That's why Raven exists. And so she had this terrible childhood where her mom was an addict for the entirety of it until it killed her. Right. So it's like this very. How does Raven not have so, fetal alcohol syndrome? But, but why is maybe she, she didn't? About this? She would have been like Abby, much right? smart because of Abby. Because you know Abby became the, the mother figure that she never had, and it right. was the, their scenes in season one were so moving. And 
I have issues with some of the early, the later scenes with them, but it has consistently been that Abby has been the mother that Raven didn't have, basically. So she is talking about her. She's talking about both of them. It's just like, this is like a, a, a cut that runs really deep with her. And so this was like seeing Abby the way that she saw her mother, like this, I mean, it's God. It's a double whammy. It's horrible. That's an old wound. It's, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Abby, let's talk about oh, that. her. Speaking of, you, you make it sound so lighthearted with where we're about to go <laughs> with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, this is actually a very, your rearranging of this, very good. Very good for the flow, Shane. Excellent, excellent wrangling today. Um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of feel like, well, I mean, what I, Abby did to Raven is is horrible and everything, but like, this is seriously not a good example of how to deal with a, an addicted person, especially and an addicted like an addicted loved one. In some ways. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand it a lot more where it comes to Raven's reaction because mm-hmm. she's going to have a very emotional reaction because her entire oh, yeah. understanding of it is just so emotional versus Kane. I think Kane's a real dick when it comes to like assessing someone reacting to someone with an addiction. I mean, yeah, because Raven's a like... child. Raven's a child figure in her mother. She feels betrayed all over again. Yeah. And and you had a conversation on Twitter about this, Joe? Um, oh, yeah. Um, so I, I was talking with uh, two Twitter users, uh, Meg and Amy, because um, they've been actually like somewhat vocal about uh, about not preferring. And I think Erin also from Metastation. Um, but I didn't I didn't have a chance to speak with her about this. Um, maybe they're covering it on their pod um, <laughs> about how they're kind of dealing with the with the addiction storyline and not satisfied with it. And so, like, I reached out to them and I was like, you know, I have my own reasons, but, you know, maybe you guys can, like, you know, talk to me a little bit. Nice, bubs. Nice. <laughs> and um, and sort sort of one of their chief complaints that, that I kind of got from the conversation was that all of Abby's addiction storyline isn't even about her. Like, we don't get Mm. anything from Abby about it. It's all about how everyone else is sort of reacting to it. And maybe maybe they have some grand plan to, like, there's a reason why they're doing that. I hope so. Um, It's like if you had a gay character, but it was all about how other people um, deal with the fact that they're gay. Yeah, rather than them just, their perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you comparing gays to junkies? Shaheen? Um, they both know how to party. Did. Yeah! <laughs> that was nice, Bob. No problem. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, that, that, was, that was just really it. Just, uh, you know, it's really frustrating to only have other characters' perspectives on her addiction, and the storyline should be, like, about her. Like, her, she's very passive in her own storyline right yeah. now. And then, well, she, she, given the this, this severity and, and seriousness of this storyline, like, that's really unsatisfying. Yeah. She should say things about her perspective, too. Like, we should hear her perspective, too. Because otherwise, all it is is addicts are evil, because all we're getting is the perspective of people who are being, being hurt, hurt by yeah. Abby's addiction. Yeah. yeah, the story doesn't present any counter voice I, to, I do. Abby, to Raven and Kane. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's like, dude, that's not how you treat someone like, you know. I did kind of We feel... don't have sympathy for Abby. They're taking away our sympathy for that character, because all we see is 
other people hurting. We don't see her hurting. I do, but like I do, I do hurt for Abby. And I think oh, um, sure. one of the moments for me was in this last episode where Raven says, I, I've seen Kane, but I haven't seen you. And I think yeah. it's like, uh, to me, it was like Abby is ashamed. She feels yeah. trapped in this. And like, she, it's like, she was embarrassed. All these like self, like, yeah, she she's yeah. feeling and this is uh, a lot of something... turmoil. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that it's no surprise that she feels ashamed given how yeah. other people treat her. Um, and this goes back to something that I brought up uh, in the past on the podcast about how you know the amount of agency that um, uh, an addicted person should assume for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you assume too much agency, if you assume that you can you're in control of your, all of your actions, that basically ends up being a denial of your addiction. Um, because then you're like, I can stop anytime I want, just like Abby does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I can actually stop. And, and they're like, everyone around them is like, no, you can't. You have to, first of all, accept that you cannot stop anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem. And so, um, first thing they need to realize is that they don't have full agency. But... Um, they also shouldn't think that um, this is just something that's completely out of their control. Mm-hmm. So um, it only makes sense to blame them if you thought that every time they take the pill or whatever, um, every time they get their next fix, they really had control over that choice, mm-hmm. which is not always true. But if what you should assume agency for them is the long-term sort of um, how they um, try to habituate themselves and you know um get themselves used to using less or stopping or Mm -hmm. whatever or being more responsible with it over the long term there are things that they can do to make it better so uh, it's a very complicated situation with agency and this is what why historically um you know we used to think of mental illnesses and addiction um as like moral failures and then, you know, there was a whole campaign to think of them as illnesses, right? So it's mm-hmm. a disease, it's not a crime and all of that. And my friend who works on this actually had a nice statement um, because this is exactly the kind of thing that he researches on. And a lot of what I'm saying is what I learned from talking to him. Uh, my friend Ray, um, he works on philosophy of mental illness and mental health and things like that. Um, I don't know if you, um, should I read the whole statement? Yeah. Or? I think it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's um, it's basically um, a much better, more uh, elaborate version of um, what I kind of said right now. <laughs> um, so, quote, demoralization is an aspect or kind of medicalization that occurs when we start to regard problems that we used to see as moral failures as medical problems over which we, as agents, have little or or no control. Notable examples of these include PTSD, major depressive disorder, and addiction, all of which were once seen as moral uh, moral problems, but are now uh, considered as mental disorders. The benefits of this use of the concept was to get society to take these problems seriously and clinically to get those who suffer from them to accept their conditions as problems over which they do not have considerable direct control, just like physical illness. 
This function of the concept of illness is particularly relevant to problems such as addiction, since addicts are often in denial about their inability to control their habits and refuse to accept their problems. However, the dilemma that arises from this use of the concept of illness is that it can also downplay or even outright deny any role that agential control and choices play in these problems that people face, and to the detriment of their own recovery. For example, addicts that believe in the brain disease model of addiction, which is often regarded as denying free will, are more likely to relapse. This is what I call the dilemma of medicalization, where the concept of illness functions to get individuals to accept their problems as real, yet often denies the role that agency does play in their problems. This is both a conceptual and a clinical problem, since both acceptance of the limitations and ex uh, uh, extent of our agency are difficult to parse out, yet are crucial for better outcomes. I argue that this dilemma arises from a failure to distinguish what we do and do not have control over in the mental health sciences, such as our immediate actions versus our long-term desires, and the failure to distinguish between long versus short-term changes we are capable of. The concept of illness, however, fails to capture these differences and the general heterogeneity of the role of agency between different mental illnesses. So that was, end quote. So you can see a lot of the connections here, like when it says um, addicts deny their inability to control their immediate choices. That's like, you know, when Abby says, I can stop and medic, you know, uh, moral, like treating it as a moral failure. That's like Raven and Cain, you know, um, and that's pretty much like Abby is also treating it like a moral failure because she thinks she has complete control over it. Uh, on the other extreme, you can say, no, she's just, uh, she has a disease and she can't help it, um, which is also not true. Obviously, she can choose to do things differently in the way that in the long term would, would help her, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What do yeah. you guys think? I, um, it's really complicated and I feel like I can, this relates in so many facets of like mental illness and like just as someone with ADHD and who's like suffered depression, it's like... I know what I need to do, but sometimes, like, it's, like, that the line between, like, what you are able to do at the moment um, versus what you feel like what you should be able to do, it's really blurry. And, right. like, I've had, like, a therapist who, who well, no, it's still the same therapist that I have now. But he would be, like, well, it's not your fault. It's not. And I'm, like, no, you can't say that. Like, I have to be able to think that, like, I have control over this. Like, I can do so. Because then what am I doing? What am I doing with my right. life if I can't? If I And it's, like... But it's really, it is really complicated. And I have like so much sympathy for people with addiction because it's, you, it's almost impossible not to beat yourself up, but then to have the hope that you can overcome right. it. And and I don't, I really don't know what the, the answer is. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the whole idea here is that the, maybe you can distinguish between short term and long term. Maybe you can accept that in the short term. The day-to-day um, -day choices that you make may not be really under your control too much, mm -hmm. but you, there are things you can do uh, so that you don't spiral down all the time, you know? So, like, I, I completely understand what you're saying about depression because I've experienced it myself where um, when you're in it, 
um, when it takes over, you, you can't, it's kind of a paradox because they tell you to do things that would make you feel better, like go running or go see friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go outside. But you, have to, <laughs> you have to motivate yourself to do those things that are supposed to motivate you. Yeah. Um, so but, how I mean, do I motivate myself to do something that makes me feel better if I'm already, my problem is that I don't feel motivated, right? So this, uh, it's, it's a real paradox. And at the moment, it feels like you have, that you're trapped in it. Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting that they actually like very sort of subtly and tangentially touched on this um, in the last episode um, where Dioza was talking about the reason why she won't just cut off Abby's pills. She's like, you know, so what? So if she survives the detox because it wasn't her choice, because it wasn't something that she wanted to do. Like Dioza was like, I don't trust that then it will k- stick because, you know, she'll just be mm-hmm. looking for her next fix. Um, and I thought that was just really interesting to be like, you know, it's not that simple, Kane. You can't just say, no, you don't, you can't have any more of this. Like it is fucked up their power balance that's happening with her stringing Abby along and manipulating her with her addiction. Don't get me wrong. That is absolutely fucked up. And we saw some more of that this episode as well. Um, but that Dioz was also saying like, this needs to be something that Abby wants to do as well. Like it can't just be your decision as shitty as that is. Yeah, she has to start um, saying that that's what she wants to do. It can't be like, I will stop. It has to be like, I want to stop. Yeah. Um, And like, that's like, and that I think is very valid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she says that, you know, if she promises to cut back or something and then she breaks them, you can be mad at her for doing those things. But you have to also consider, again... Uh, it's partially kind of like a disease yeah. um, and you can't is, just get mad every time, you know, because in, to some extent they can't help it, but they shouldn't also feel like, oh, okay, so then I can go ahead and get my next fix because it's all completely a yeah. brain disease. Yeah. I love this study that was cited that like, it's just an empirical fact that those addicts who believe that it's just a disease, they tend to relapse more. Yeah. <laughs> So that belief actually affects how it relapses, which goes against the very idea that it's just a physical illness. Well, I think it's like, I think it is a disease, but the problem is, is that like, you have to know that it is a disease that you ultimately can overcome by wanting to overcome. Like that's like... Or make better, or you can make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, again, like I, I get it. I get why it's so hard because yeah, you, you've struggled with depression and like when you're very depressed, like... You can't, you know what will make you feel better. You know, like you, you know, it'll make you feel better. But like the, like the space between you knowing and you being able to do it sometimes feels like to the moon and back. Like it's just so far away from like what you feel able to do. Um, And it's kind of like. You wish you desired it, but you don't desire it. So you have a desire to desire it, but you yeah. don't have the desire. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, it really, like, the journey there is sometimes, like, weird. Like, for me, one of the biggest journeys was, like, I was able to go to therapy, thank God. And, like, one of, like, the next step for me was, like, cleaning my room. Like, mm-hmm. once I was able to do that, like, that was, for some reason, like, the doorway out of, like, the worst of it, basically. Which I think everyone else has a different doorway and they have to find it by wanting to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about the whole addiction issue? I mean, I'm good. (laughs) 
if um, if you guys don't have any other comments, we can take a break. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll come back and talk about one crew. So welcome back, everyone. Um, before we talk about one crew and friends, since we talked so much about um, addiction and depression and things like that, and how one should treat these sorts of things uh, if you suffer from them or a loved one, you know, someone or have a loved one who suffers from them, how to deal with it. Um, we thought it would be good to mention, you can go online to recovery.org and you'll find a lot of great resources there. Um, and you can also call this number 888-505-6891 um, and tell them if you know someone suffers from addiction or yourself and you know they'll answer your questions mm-hmm. cool so? just some support <laughs> yeah can i can i say like are, are we past being good people yes yeah yeah okay great yeah. Um, it lasted two seconds two seconds yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, itchy um so one thing that i like didn't get to didn't get to mention um a, like before we move on from the abby storyline mm-hmm. um as long as you love vincent um, well, A, yes, I do love Vincent, but B, like, do you guys get the sense that, like, like, when Vincent, like, sort of, I get the sense that it's he's going to be, like, this monster. Oh, no, no, that you keep, you, you I don't know what's wrong with me. Is this, does this happen? Does I don't this know why I like this. <laughs> do you, like, is this a thing that, like, you, no. as, as, like, have you ever experienced this before? Like, is this heterosexuality? What is this? Being yeah, what is this? Being with a serial killer? No, no, where you like, where you have being with someone who took their shirt off? Or no, I feel like I totally have like heard like other girls talk about like occasional like inexplicable reactions to like gross dudes. Well, but like, haven't you just been like attracted to a gross girl? (laughs) No, no, like skeezy is a negative, like a genuine negative. No, there was a moment that it was not that he was skeezy. It was like I didn't even recognize who the character was for like two also seconds. Seems kind of old. Like he oh. seems dad like. Okay, to me. no, I agree. I agree. Again, but there I was think like the- there was like three seconds where where this just like I didn't know who it was until he put his like jumper back on. Or jumper is like a sweater in the UK, but I use that as a thing where pants are connected to shirts. <laughs> a coverall, if you A will. coverall, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there was just like a moment where he was he blacked out and... Hot. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't recognize him at first either. Did you think he was so, hot? I don't feel that way about men. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, every now and again. But, uh, <laughs> Natalie Portman is hot. I will say it. All right. Okay. I mean, is. I could say, like, if I could, I didn't really look carefully at his, you know, abs or whatever. I could <laughs> tell if he has attractive abs. I wouldn't, like, personally feel the attraction necessarily. <laughs> Your heart is only for Kane's hairy ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which we couldn't even substantiate. Uh, I remember my exact words were, I don't mind seeing it. I don't mind seeing his area. Yeah. Me thinks thou dost protest too much. Is this where Um, we discuss which characters we would like? No, no. This is the part where all I wanted to say that I'm very excited. I had a point. She has to get off her chair. Oh, yes. I I just have to. Yes. Um, Shit. Oh, right. Um, (laughs) Damn it. Um, Like... Do you guys get the sense that Abby now has, like, the loyalty, sort of, like, 
precarious, but like sort of the loyalty of a serial killer. Like she's kind of a Clarice Starling in that like at some point maybe he's gonna like save her life, but in like a really gross, creepy way. Like he'll probably <laughs> save the life, hack off the foot and start munching. But at the same time, like Abby will have been saved. Like I feel like she has earned like one act of loyalty from this fucker. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see when that's gonna happen. Like I almost wanna say that like he's gonna save her from a query or something, you know? Like something <laughs> anyone no, no interesting. I, I can see it i can see it and just like i would love for him in a really like creepy voice to say it. he's the lion and she pulled the little thorn out of his paw yeah but Chekhov's lungs exactly the, you yeah. know she burst apart his little lung nodules no, i can see it and he's like and he can say something like um uh just know that this pains me because you have beautiful feet <laughs> Oh, or God. something equally oh, creepy. Bubs. Wait, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Anyway, we can move along into the next portion of the story. I just wanted to. Yeah. I have visions. Let's talk of about that. one crew. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like um, Joe hasn't gone first for a while. Oh fuck! Am I sp- what am I supposed to say? Um, yeah. What do you have to say? One thing that you want to say. Um, I mean, I agree with you about Miller. What the fuck? Right? What the fuck is Miller's problem? What? Like, he is a dick to Clark. He's a dick to Bellamy. I'm like, dude, what? Like, I need a, I need that explanation in the dark here. I don't think... I, how is he being a dick? He just, like, mean-mugged Clark, and, like, he, like, pretends that he doesn't know them. But, but, I loved the moment where Indra called him Nathan. That was maybe my favorite moment of this entire episode because she's nobody calls now. him fucking Nathan. Like he is Miller to everyone. And but she's his like, dad, she's called him she's... Nate. His boyfriend's calling him yeah. Nate. Yeah. Nathan. And his dad. Um, I like. I also like the so much for the hundred. Yeah, cool. and he was a dick back. <laughs> I mean, I think that he he probably is totally one crew. But like, how awesome would it be if he's actually on their side and we just don't know it yet? Because he's the one that said. Oh, there's a hole in her glove. That's how it happened. I mean, maybe. Maybe he's playing the long game. Like, maybe Miller is... I don't think he was a dick, though. I think he was, like, a normal I'm short. military I'm short person. I'm Miller. What? I'm short on Miller. Short on Miller? You can go long. <laughs> Sorry, day, day trading language. Um... <laughs> Uh. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the so much for the hundred yeah. reference because, especially because um, it's an interesting comment and moment. It happens in front of Octavia, um, you know, given that this was once something that brought Octavia back, you know, the whole the hundred as an identity was something that brought her back. I mean, Monty mentioned it to her because mm-hmm. she was like, I'm not. Sky crew, I'm not mm-hmm. tree crew, and nobody said you're the hundred, and that's when she kind of felt like she had a place with the people who were the hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with the whole one crew thing, um, Bellamy is kind of trying that on Miller, and it's totally not working. Unless it's it's cover know. for him being still yeah. his long his long yeah. game. Like I said, you can go long on him, but <laughs> this got real sexy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, so, moving on from Miller. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> Nate. Nathan. Um, yeah, what, um, what do you think about 
the whole Clark and Bellamy's plan, obviously the biggest thing so, of this chunk. Oh my god, I love them murdering together. So, yes, I love them murdering together. I have issues with the fact that, like, sort of pulled back from all of that, like... Indra played that, or not Indra, um, Octavia played them, and that makes me feel f- fearful for people, like, Octavia's not stupid. Um, yeah. You know, the egg, I mean, the egg thing. I mean, she did buy the whole Indra side of the, the roost. Right. Sure. Yeah. But, like, for how long? She got fooled on that. And, and maybe that's because she just trusts Indra, Indra too much. I don't know if she does anymore, though. Like, that's... that's well, you think So you think she knows? I don't... I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I, her taking command away from Indra um, and giving it to, to Nathan, um, <laughs> you know, and sort of like a little bit of like snarking that's already sort of that we saw in the last episode and that, you know, actual fight that they had in the last episode. Like, I just, Indra's position while She's she is demoted. loyal, it's, it's a little precarious. Yeah. I, but I also think that, like, she, Indra was supposed to be on the front line and Octavia took her off the front Pulled line. Pulled her back. Right. And so, so we don't really know how to, like read that you could yeah i think it's it's ambiguous right now and it could definitely mean that she's losing faith in indra but i think it could also mean that she's protective of indra because we've seen that already you know when, i mean you but, don't want someone in your front line commanding your front line who's uh has doubts about the war also yeah. that but i have a question so at the beginning when octavia was like load the worms into the rover she said that yeah and like was that bait turns out or it was like eggs. Yeah. a perfect like but a purposeful misdirection? Well, it seems like there's only one person who actually knows it's not worms, it's it's eggs, and that's Kara. Yeah, Indra doesn't know, and no one else knows. But so like, that's a so code between her and Kara, obviously. It yeah. could be, or it could be trying to like force Clark to show her hand, or it could just be that she meant that Use they're the putting words. the worms on the truck just because they're eggs now. I mean, they're still worms. Are you about to like? Are we about to get in a pro-life pro? What <laughs> <laughs> are we about to? What came first, the worm or the egg? I mean, they're fer- they're fertilized eggs. <laughs> are they? Or you said they're mo- monozygotic. They're like they're. We don't just, know. They're not zygotic. They're they're not zyg. Yeah, they're just like they're nematodes. Well, I don't nematodes. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but no, I mean, I mean that like she. She didn't need to be clinical about it. Please load the larva. No, I mean that's absolutely like fair. Like it could have been nothing, but it also totally could have been something. Um, Oh, for sure. For all of this is like, I think the whole and this is what I was talking about earlier about the undercurrent of the show. A lot is ambiguous, and a lot is like a lot is totally like. I feel like the show loves taking a Rorschach. Can someone else say that word for me? Rorschach block. Yes, thank you for um. For what we see and like what we identify with, and then, and then it's gonna like slam down like its verdict on the whole thing. Um, in the end, and we're either gonna be shocked because that's not how we were taking it, or we're gonna be like, mm-hmm, yep, that's what I thought. Like you know, so it's kind of like I think we're just. I feel like right now I'm just ma- mapping out the possibilities of what maybe could happen, but like it's like everyone's wrong and nobody's wrong. Um, yeah, which I like. I mean, that's that's the show. That's, that's, the show. that's this well, season, that's anyway. Um, <laughs> Going back to the murder thing. Um, it was so hot. Is Balark toxic? No, I love that. <laughs> How is it toxic? They support each other no matter what. <laughs> they, murder, birthdays, being no, a mama no, no, bear. Like, 
murder is is great. They're they're sort of they move that to torture. What? Like they like straight up like tortured Kara. They could have they could have definitely given her like a sedative <laughs> or like some of Monty's algae something. something. Like the, and then they were like, we're not actually going to watch this. And I'm like, you cowards! You at least I, have to stay and watch. I agree. I totally agree like, with that. Your torture murder. Like you make a torture cake. Was that you the eat reason, it. or was she just like, let's we gotta bounce? They did have like, things to do. Go, yeah. I mean, probably both, but still, you don't like but, leave someone alone to die like that, Jesus. Well, she. I think she was passed out by the time they walked away. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, was that rude? After like I injected you with worms, like was that rude to like <laughs> leave you alone at your deathbed? What's the Miss Manners protocol on this? <laughs> to write a note. Leave a note. I'm Always sorry I put worms in your tummy and they popped out. <laughs> leave, a, leave a toy like a... This like is how we get peace though. Nice cuddly toy like a teddy bear. Squeeze it when it hurts. I guess. <laughs> like a leather strap to bite down on. Oh, that would have been nice. But so this is the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the problem always with these sorts of plans that Clark and Bellamy make. And they always justify it by saying, you know, it's for saving the better, greater good and the num- greater number of blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's always the problem is that it rests on a number of premises, on a number of very <laughs> substantial well, clearly assumptions. clearly they were wrong your premises. <laughs> that, that can easily be wrong. Like, there is some non-negligible probability that they're false. And, you know, and they just act like these are just absolutely true. And you can sort of say this about almost any time they kill someone. Like, Ton DC, the, the assumption was if we evacuate Ton DC, they'll immediately catch Bellamy. That wasn't obvious at all to me. And, you know, I don't know um, whether you can... So there's always some assumptions, whether they go through with it or, or not. Um, and this time, we obviously saw what happens when one of those assumptions is false. It's like, yeah, you had good intentions and, and all that, but you shouldn't... Um, kill someone just because you think it will set in motion a certain chain of events yeah, for that sure. can easily just go wrong. Like, you can't Rube Goldberg torturing someone. <laughs> like, they can't be, like, the first step of your Rube Goldberg machine of stopping war. Because, right. like, that's risky. Like, building yeah. one of those machines is really hard, and once you torture that person, you can't use them again. But let's just yeah. say they're lucky they look cute doing it. <laughs> I love we're like, so listen, this got really dark and you're like, yeah, but it was sexy. Well, I just love, I love the teamwork. I love that like Kara saw something like hiding behind like a, a fern and she's like, ooh, what was that? What that? And she goes and then like Bellamy like swoops in like they're totally like Velociraptors in Jurassic Park 1. Um, clever girl. Like it's just, except, except Monty got to be the clever girl because he's the one who can open the door. Yes. But well, he was, he, yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> In this, he is also a velociraptor, though a reluctant velociraptor. <laughs> no, he's a morally objecting. Chris Pratt from Jurassic World. I haven't seen any of the new ones. I don't oh, recognize God, what's anything wrong with but you? the first one. Okay, I anyways, um, anyway, blue. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's horrible but sexy. It's horrible <laughs> but sexy. Um, but no, again, it's just for me as a Valark fan, I just want the teamwork. And like, regardless of, yeah, I mean, like the thing is like, yes, I will not deny that what they did was terrible. Um, and it's, it's funny that like, I guess for me, part of it is that they're like, they discuss it and they talk about like how, 
Like when Clark is like, I can't believe I thought I could. And and he's like, kill my sister. And like, <laughs> it's funny because like, I think it's cute that he thinks it's cute that she thought she could kill his sister, but she can't. <laughs> and he knows that she couldn't. And it's like this, like, why is this mo- moment like, flirty? They joke about, <laughs> they, they, they joke about they flirt. Their flirting uh, includes like their murders exactly. and like, murder plans. There's, it's like, oh, it's, it's cute. You thought you could kill my sister. It's cute. They just have <laughs> these really cute inside jokes that everyone is like, I roll. Goodness, you two. Yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah. Um, and then. They're hardcore. They're totally but, hardcore. But like, is there is there less value in what then Monty and Harper decided to do, which is kind so, of the complete fucking opposite? I have a comment on this. Um, okay. So. That's, so do I. I. Oh, good. Do you want to say yours first? No, no, you go, go. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's kind of like, I don't know how many times I've brought up um, the Little Red Hen on this podcast, but I feel like it's more than I should have. Um, but it's kind of one of those situations where if you are unwilling to be part of the fight, does that then mean that you are not allowed you get to reap the rewards? Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of like. I don't know where I fall next. I, I was trying to. Th- I actually thought well, about it for a while. It's like if if you reject it, if you opt out of the dirty philosophy, work, yes, Shaheen. Yes, thank you. That that means presumably you thought that the results are not worth it. That means that you thought that the total, um, you know, value of the the end result in the long run, including what you have to do with the dirty work you have to do at first to get there and the good result at the end. All of it added up, it's not worth it. It's not a, it's not a positive, it's a net negative, and you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then if they, you, you see the end result, and then you're like, well, if it's that or just, you know, be by myself, then maybe I do want that. Um, then presumably you change, you have to accept, you have to concede that something changed. You either changed your, um, um, you know, the way you assign worth and weight to the different outcomes, mm-hmm. you changed your mind about how bad the dirty work was, or you changed your mind about how good the end result was, um, or, you know, you something something must have changed. Your values somehow changed, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So th- you can't be, you can't say that you're the same person and then uh, you ex- um demand the end results mm-hmm. i would say that's i guess like that's kind of how i feel but at the same time it's kind of like i feel like i'd be okay with people needing to sit out if they can't handle it and them saying like i can't handle it but <laughs> i also get objector yes but like but i mean that's kind of what he's doing well no but he's he i guess like maybe but i think it, it just needs to be clear that he does he is not against those who are ready to do whatever they need to do like i mean so i i could see i could see this going a few a few different ways mm-hmm. of the way that they're sort of setting it up either best intentions and that's not how anything ends up mm-hmm. or this is a convenient way to later on write them out of the story without like killing these two you know precious characters um or the relationship like, is a little bit too healthy 
right? We were like, mm. Mm. so like it's a way to like you know write out these these two who don't belong in this world at all. <laughs> and then um, otherwise, it's like sort of a plot point that we're going to see later on where maybe they do fuck up the valley, and so people have a choice to either go up to space or stay, you know, in Monty's and, greenery, in Monty's algae farm. I just kind of it, they totally kind of did decided to do like basically like a return, not not the original Blue Lagoon, but a return to the Blue Lagoon, <gasps> yes. which was the one with um, Mila Jovovich yes. and some other guy, and her basically cousin. like her her cousin, yeah, like in real life, in the movie. Oh, in the movie, right, right, right. Anyway, but like that they basically like had some um, like people on a on a ship like come and to their little paradise island, and violence broke out because of course, mm-hmm. and then um, they had the option to either go and return, you know, like be taken, not even return to civilization because none of the, you know, they grew up on the island, but like to go, you know, be a part of citizenry when they just decided to fucking nope the fuck out because mm-hmm. people are garbage. And that's sort of the lesson that they learned. Um, yeah. So, you know, well, <laughs> I, I, they could they could do a couple different things with this storyline. So I feel like they planted something and, you know, we need to pay attention to this one. Yeah. I like that. I, I think Also, that's your 90s movie reference. Yes. Ooh. Also, I love all the Blue Lagoon franchise and where is the reboot? Aren't there <laughs> just two? They're, they're just two I think of there's them, three. Right? Oh, I don't recognize a third. <laughs> I'll have to okay. look it up again, but I think there might be three. And also, I read the book, but the book was boring. Uh, I mean, the movies weren't that exciting either. Yeah, but I liked the first one. It was hot. Do you know how I actually found out about the movie? What, how? So there was a Beavis and Butthead episode where <laughs> they right. were talking, uh, like they were sitting on the couch and they mentioned like something about like, is that that movie where that guy was choking his chicken on the rock? That, yes. Was, like, yes. And yes, that is actually, <laughs> the Blue Lagoon is actually that movie. But I was like, what the, like, I don't know, like 13 or 14 year old me was like, what movie is this? <laughs> um, 13 year old, 14 year old Brooke Shields was like, I know what happens after you've been playing with it for a while. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is, they were uh, weird movies. They were really weird movies. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean this to derail us. Um, going back to what <laughs> Buff said a few minutes ago. Um, I don't remember. I remember. Okay, Don't worry about it. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> that makes one of us. Um, so, at least I remembered until a second ago. Yay! Um, <laughs> we rubbed off on him. <laughs> um, no, so you said that uh, people who need to sit out for other people to do what they need to do. Uh-huh. But the people who are sitting it out... They don't think that they need to do this, right? Monty doesn't think they need to do this. Oh, that's true. Right? So, yeah. So, if, and, and so you should, when you ask, your question is a little bit of a loaded question. You're kind of assuming that they're wrong about um, their position. I, no, I'm. This is kind of, you know, how some people react to pacifism they kind of assume that the pacifist is obviously wrong and then they just say well uh, okay if you want to just if you can't take it then we'll just take care of that part but the pacifist of course thinks no this is the way to achieve peace at least some pacifists Mm -hmm. think that and monty does right he thinks no you can just stay here you don't have to fight no one has to die we can all live you know Mm And I kind of agree with him. I mean, you can go to the valley and do the same thing. And yeah, I agree with him. Honestly, though, like personally, um, I don't know if I could eat algae forever. 
and I might just <laughs> like rather no no they're they're person. growing plants they're they're gonna grow food they're just gonna using the algae as uh, fertilizer really yeah they're just gonna yeah. like get the hydro farm back up and running. oh yeah, super yeah. how did super, I miss that I yeah, did so not understand that at all I was like no like yeah definitely like let's not eat algae forever that sounds <laughs> terrible let's unleash some worms and see what happens <laughs> no I think that their plan is to like get it back up and running which is why I'm saying yeah. that this could be a plot point later on. Like if okay. they do completely fuck up. That's like if interesting. The, so yeah, what no, if, I mean, he on, said we're going to even have enough to make beer. And, you know, he was like, wait, yeah, it tastes like shit, but it gets you drunk. Remember in season four, how we all thought how the, um, how the ship, uh, how the Ark was a red herring to survive the radiation. Uh-huh. Like what if Eden is our red herring this season? And it totally again, could be. And nobody gets to stay there because people well, are garbage and don't deserve it. And also J Roth <laughs> said, I think we're gonna apply to a tweet. Um he was like, Who says they win and get Eden? Like who who says that's what's happen what happens? <laughs> right. Well, like, I mean I I I, ha- I think I feel like this was episode seven and um what, right? Episode eight. eight. It was episode eight. Right, uh-huh. so I think I feel like this is the um, right about time when the show usually does the bait and switch, and so I feel like there maybe one thing that could happen is they do go back to the valley. Everything is good. Octavia is in a coma for a while. Everyone gets along. They establish a new society, and then there's a new whole new threat. There's no whole new problem. Wait, didn't you see the the preview from? No, I don't watch. Like. Like the next week on, like not even the behind the scenes, but just the next week on. I don't um, think I watched it. No. Oh, why? Well, I mean, spoilers. I don't want to spoil you guys, though. I don't really know <laughs> if that. Ca- I don't know if next week's preview counts as a spoiler. Well, we have two weeks to wait for the next episode. Don't make me put in spoiler alerts because the, the timing never works out. <laughs> wait, how how is a preview that like gets released? Like that it airs immediately after the episode, like on TV. It's not a spoiler. spoiler. I mean, fine. I'll just sit here. <laughs> Slack me later. <laughs> say it. Can you say it in a way that's not too spoilery? Uh, okay. I mean, I will just say like footage from next week. We were still in the bunker, and there was unless it's a flashback. There's a footage of Octavia awake. Oh, okay. So like, huh. them esta- them them having the time to establish. They said, uh, it's uh, they they said it put Murphy in, in a coma for a week, and I thought they thought that this is a good way to kind of like. Um, I mean, but maybe the army Octavia didn't move from the her. picture for enough time to. I mean, I doubt that the army would move while their leader is in a coma. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe there's a schmice way to wake her up. <laughs> Some schmice, or we get like a like it's a like schmice. a SpongeBob style one week later. Mila has like... to kiss her, or she'll wake up. Oh, that would be adorable. <laughs> I I I should say that, and I kind of said this before too, that Diosa should have been clear about this, or in general, like they should have let Octavia know that there is a deal that if you just stop being. You. Crazy blood Reina, <laughs> everything will is fine. We can all live. Uh, someone should have let her know about this and and asked her. Octavia would never take that deal. Let her to think about it, and then if she didn't take it, then you know, poison her or whatever, you know. Uh, but uh, given the assumption that you know she is the only problem, I think this is the 
right choice and and if she didn't accept it she would be unforgivable if she didn't give it up well i i i, I guess we'll sort of find out i mean what's going to happen yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about monty's um objections to clark and bellamy cuz i think there's some interesting stuff there to dig okay um yeah, so the, he's objecting. It sounds like he's he's objecting to partiality. It, when one of those conversations, mm-hmm. when he's like, um, "Why are you doing this? Why are you killing?" And and Bellamy is like, um, "Look, we're killing one person to save hundreds." And Monty says, "Oh yeah, then let's kill Octavia." <laughs> and and Bellamy, so. you know, quiet crickets. And then he's like, "Didn't think so." So it sounds like. His problem is that they're not unbiased about this. They're partial about it, um, and which is an objection. But I don't think that's his problem because, as he says later um, in his conversation with Harper, his problem is with the very idea of killing to save lives to begin with. He has problem with this consequentialist calculus that says, look, I kill one person and I save five, and that's good. And that's used every time. Um, to justify the most horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's just checking out of that. He just says, I'm no longer accepting this sort of consequentialist um, calculus of cost and benefit. Um, I don't want to take lives to save lives anymore. Um, so it has nothing to do with being partial. In fact, in that same conversation, he cites one reason for not going down this path, for not following his maxim um and that's that the people we love um die or get hurt so he actually shows partialist tendencies Mm -hmm. in that conversation as a reason for not doing what he says which is Hmm. rejecting the whole consequentialist calculus so um it was it was interesting to to see that switch (laughs) it seems like he's just uncomfortable altogether with being placed in any kind of position where it's it's a decision that he is like a reversible and it involves death in any way um and he always ends up being the one who's there right there when they're like um yeah there's a switch that kills 300 right like damn monty (laughs) (laughs) like go to the bathroom sometimes (laughs) like have like take a smoke break like just be unavailable for 10 goddamn minutes oh my god yeah like he was in there like when they kidnapped like karen like it's just every time he's wherever it is poor dude (laughs) yeah and the thing that I I will actually this before I can't get over this like the thing with the magnet is is retarded it's ridiculous like he like he, it's there's nothing still special mad about, about your fucking magnets it's there's nothing special about the way he does it Clark could have done it like he's got he that just, finesse though Shaheen. I mean I can open a lot of doors with a metro card and apparently nobody else can do that so I don't think it's as easy if he, I don't know. I mean, I can see how opening a door with a metro, with a metro cart is kind of requires some skill and subtlety, but this is just like he just rubs the magnet. <laughs> no, he on the moves door. it and he moves it very precise. Yeah. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know if he's like <laughs> it's not even looking to... at it. It's like looking over here, being all snarky and complaining. <laughs> 
while doing it. It's like, well, if you're doing it, then... I mean, he is a little whiny. But anyway, so what do you think about that whole... Do you think... I bet, Bubs, you think that this is just being irrational, right? If someone says, I don't want to go through that calculation um, of how many do I save and how many do I kill and, and think that because the, I there's a net positive number of people that I save, um, that it was a good thing to do. I think that for Monty... Um, there are people who are willing and able to be at the forefront of making these decisions. And he has had the bad fortune of being in the wrong place at the wrong time and being someone who didn't, he never wanted or really like at his heart was able to make these decisions. And he just keeps getting dragged into it. And in good faith, he does what he ultimately thinks is the best thing but like he just like it haunts him more than it haunts Clark and Bellamy as much as like they also hate it it's some people are just more able to live with it I think so you kind of looking down on him like I'm no no strong enough kind, well I I think he's not strong enough but there's not we need Hufflepuffs because you already we also think there's need no merit the to his argument at all <sighs> I guess no. Is, this, is no. this how you feel when our own government does something and what? they justify it by saying, look, this is in the grand scheme of things, this is the better thing to do. And but it involves really doing horrible things to other Not people. Not necessarily. Usually. Well, I mean, if if they can show definitively that something is going to have an ultimate benefit and there is like somewhat of a downside, I mean, it depends what the downside is. But I don't know. That's a complicated question. Like if they say that torture does work, but it doesn't. would you then be okay with torture? But if they said it does, depends what, your, what's on the if line. your objection to torture um, really dependent on that empirical finding that it doesn't work. If that changes, empirical findings can change. Like they can come up with a study tomorrow that says, no, actually, torture Torture's does super work. Effective. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it might be and they might just be saying it doesn't work. But... Uh, or certain the right type of torture can well the, work. the best way to get someone on your side is um stockholm syndrome so just be nice to them <laughs> contain them but be nice to well, them. well the stockholm syndrome kind of the way you induce it is through the good cop bad cop yeah. thing is like you you make them so desperate that they they they're so appreciative of the nice moments that they do anything you want exactly um yeah and that works and so would you be in favor of doing that definitely (laughs) i mean it depends what's on the line again but yes definitely so you're in favor of psychological torture it's not torture if they (laughs) brainwashing this is straight up soviet torture but without the like electrocution of they do this they do this in iran too like there were there was uh back in 2009 when there were all the protests and stuff, they arrested a bunch of people who were like the intellectual leaders of it. And they, after a week later, they came out and they had completely changed. And they said the opposite things. But how do we know that that wasn't physical torture? Um, well, they or like threats seem, of death to their families. Yeah. Like, there could have been any number of things. Yeah. But there were also uh, rumors that they were using some of these um, Soviet methods of like long 
solitary confinement, um, the sort of uh, emotional manipulation um, through the, you know, good cop, bad cop method and and its extensions. It depends. It depends. If there is like a nuclear bomb aimed at the world and somebody might know how to disarm it, like... But we have a month to do it. Yes. We can have time we to get them on our side via, like, good cop, bad cop, Stockholm Syndrome. There you is go. Is that what you're proposing? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so this is not a Jack Bauer 24-hour time, time, this is, time ticking thing. This, this is, is a, six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> maybe seven, depending on how QA goes. Did that answer yeah. your question, Shaheen? <laughs> Um, I guess she she's kind of slippery. <laughs> well, you're you're the one that invented the it depends. So excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how it um, feels. <laughs> well, so is it depends on the magnitude of the issue. Yes, mm-hmm. it depends on a lot of factors. But does it also depend on the certainty of the assumptions that go in between yes. the intermediary assumptions that go into yes. it? Yes, if somebody came to me at the mall. And said, if you do not murder that toddler, everyone in the world is going to die. I'm going to be like, excuse you. <laughs> Crazy yeah, person. I mean, you. And I'm going to call I the police. Yes, I will take a sample. <laughs> and there's, in the in the real world, there's always uncertainty in those assumptions. Um, the, the sort of scenario that you're setting up where it's like there's a ticking time bomb and uh, this many people will die for sure. And um, our only option is to disable it. Um Ultimately, all of these have to be certain assumptions. Well, and if no, you no, no. this person will get the information. All this has to be certainty. We um, live in constant uncertainty. And there's only so much we can be certain of. Ultimately, somebody has to make a decision. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's never, I, I guess like, yes, it's never going to be an exact science. You can only make the best decision based on... Someone had to make a decision. And that's why we have Guantanamo. Would you give them a pass? They were in a very difficult situation too. I am gonna embarrass myself by saying, saying I don't remember. Should... I don't remember the details, um, so I don't. I don't know how to answer your question. I'm just asking for consistency. You can, if you say yes, then I'll be happy. Um, if you can give me the American public school explanation of what the situation was, then I mean, it's sort of what the situation is. Oh, okay. Oh no, I didn't. I, I meant like per you know if like it's still happening. I think that. Oh my God, what are we talking is it about? Still open? Are you talking about Guantanamo? Because Gu- Guantanamo oh, is still open. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. The the okay. I know what we're talking about now. Okay. Um. Or the enhanced interrogation, or any of that, right? I'm not into the torture thing. Um. <laughs> I think, like I said, I think there are better ways to do it that are more humane. Um. Um. Is is truth serum real or was that just alias? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that there's something that does make you less inhibited, but you know, I, I don't know if it's like foolproof or whatever. We need to get some Harry Potter shit up in here. Alcohol and some pot. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'll work too. There to serum. Like, yeah. I mean, so so like I feel like Monty's main issue, like at this point, and you know what he's coming at is that like. He's especially fed up because, damn it, he has ideas and people yeah. only listen to his ideas when it serves their 
purpose forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like it's like, oh, Monty has this great idea to do a thing that we wanted to do. We, we seek out Monty when we need how to do this thing or thinking outside the box. Not like Monty being like, hey, I've found a possible way for us to not have to like go to the valley, which yeah. it's a reasonable like suggestion. No, I mean. It's nonviolent. And everyone's like, that one's boring, Monty. <laughs> it's true. Algae is yeah. boring. It's true. And like, well, no, now that I know that it's not just eating algae forever, I think that that's, it's fair that Monty is really disappointed in everyone. Um, although, right, because his solution, you're like, that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Like, just dismissed it and been like, well, actually, that's great. Have some people stay behind here just in case. Like, It's a great plan B. It's a great plan B, but and, instead they were just like, wrote it off, which I think was Well, I don't, dumb. did they, well, okay. I think the whole thing with Kara was that they weren't, there to interrupt and I don't think they heard the whole pitch which is their fault it's for sure their fault for not listening to Monty because Monty obviously has a lot of smart right, things like, to say he's a smart yeah. dude the dude has built up his credibility over these seasons I'm like, glad they revisited this because as much as I think Raven kind of took the spotlight which is fair because she is a brilliant genius but Monty is also very bright and I, I really have appreciated seeing like MacGyver Monty come back Speaking of Raven McMonty. also being a genius. Uh-huh. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Can I say real quick yeah. that um, Her it was weird that Emori <laughs> figured out how to uh, open the collars and Raven hasn't yet? I think she had better tools because she went to the. That's the whole point is that she went to the rocket to get the tools. Yes. So she just. But they probably keep tools out of Raven's hands. I mean, hands. you would have thought that Raven would have jerry-rigged something in that church. If that was the necessary plot, yes, she would have. Which I, <laughs> I, I get the frustration because yes, you know. Yeah. Right, like while Abby was passed out and she was like tinkering with like the 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 sound wave <laughs> device, like she could have just also maybe unhooked her collar. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about uh, Monty morality? No, no, but I think you're. I think that you're right. I think that it, it what he had was a valid solution, and that should have been like I think half of the effort should have gone to like seeing what they could do with Dioza, and the other half should have gone to getting Monty's support to start building that out. Yeah, yeah, poor Monty. Yeah. But I think that he was, regardless of whether he had a, a, a viable alternative, he was just sick of going down that path again. Mm. Right? Yes. Of, yes. He said, I don't want to take lives yes. to save lives anymore. Even So that means even if it does save lives, I still don't want to do it. I mean, I think really push come to shove, like Monty would still, like, for example, to save Harper, he would... Pro, like, if he had to, like, would kill someone. Like, I feel like Monty is not a fully and complete Zen pacifist. He but, killed like, his mother to save Octavia. Well, yeah, Allie's like mother. But I think he's over this whole like this Rube Goldberg of death, where like it's not even a guarantee. Like, it is not an immediate. Yeah. Th- like, Carol was not an immediate yeah. threat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the mom versus Octavia thing. That that's one of the. Uh, uh, aspects of that is that exactly what um, is precisely that the, those uh, intermediary assumptions are very there's very few of them and they're very certain like it's just like this bullet is going to hit that body and that body is going to be deactivated and 
this body will be alive. It's as simple as that. And so um, there's versus we're going to kill this person and that's going to make this person. And then mad. this other thing. And, and then hopefully this gonna, one yeah. thing. And then. Well, yeah. no, but speaking of, of the Rube Goldberg thing, like if he had just let Octavia die, where would we be now? <laughs> God damn it, Monty, this is all <laughs> Is that what's at fault. the root of this? No matter what oh he God, does, it's... everybody dies. <laughs> Bellamy's, like, <laughs> conclusion in season oh three. Oh my God, it's... All... Hold on, I'm making a note And also, this. Allie would have taken over, which was which makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shaheen. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Still Anything shipping Jally about... in 2018. Right? Yeah. Ali was right. I want my t-shirt to say Ali was right. Okay, I'll write that down. <laughs> um, anything else about one crew? Slash oh, well, I mean, friends? Um, we supposed, shouldn't we talk about, like, you know, Bullark. the part where what? Bellamy... No. Sorry. What? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was talking about that part, but I forgot that the, the main part was that he, like, betrayed his sister, sort of. And I was just oh, like... Oh, you about to just blur <laughs> shit all yeah. over us? Uh, yeah, I was. And I know that, like, I texted and I was like, I'm, I swear, guys, that I'm not going to over-blark here. And then I, I answered myself and I was like, promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you go first and then I'll just say it at the end so that I don't upset that one person on Reddit. <laughs> so, hello, you're such a sweetheart for replying to our post and putting up with me. I'm so sorry. Wait, what? Did, oh, right, right, right. Um, you're, you're active bullarking. Um, yeah. We 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 responded. We responded. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just uh, you know, Bellamy uh, eating some people, breaking some bread with Octavia, <laughs> some care bars. <laughs> that was bars. Did you know that those were a thing already, or did you just like randomly find those online? No, I knew about Lara bars. Like, oh, um, you. Oh, you photoshopped it. That makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, I photoshopped. That's right, people. As a care bar, it looked good. <laughs> so what exactly happened? The, the, is Bellamy immune to the... No, he's algae? sleight of handed. Yeah. He's, Did he, like, He's a street magician. It? Yeah. Switch it with the algae? So, algae <laughs> tastes like dead people? Yeah, that's the part. Like, how much do you have to lace it with? At what? Like, if he, like, made the bar himself, then surely he saw the raw bar meat? So, does he know I thought that, that he people? laced... Yeah, I thought they laced the bar with it. So, he switched it either with a laced bar or he ate from the same bar. No, I don't but it think was, he ate from the same bar. He said that I switched it, I right? thought he yeah. just, like, took it. a piece and, like, forced the mushes of the algae into it. Mm-hmm. I... I, I'm I'm confused at the exact bar, but he and, definitely poisoned the Octavio is probably like, what, what is this? <laughs> what is this gross? This is extra earthy. Kara's got a little... Why are there vegetables in my people meat? <laughs> I did not ask for jerky vegetables. Um, it, probably some hair, some like ass hair. Maybe she thought I was like sake. byproduct of the worm. <laughs> the you worm marinade. skin in a, a human granola bar, Shaheen. Like, we don't make jerky out of beef skin, right? Um, I mean, depends on how low you are in resources. You make dog chews out all, of All the parts penis. of the buffalo? I mean, there is a dish, there's an Iranian dish that involves eating every single part of a, a goat or a sheep. <gasps> Except, I think, for the small Is it called Will It Blend? <laughs> no. Okay. That was horrible, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining someone cramming a goat. The whole thing. <laughs> it did blend. No. Sorry. It's called it's called head and I head guess, and heart. Ankles? Is it called oh no, no, no. head and heart? <laughs> head and ankles or something like from the bo- top to the bottom of the animal. 
Well, it's like um, the restaurants that are, uh, what is it, snout to tail or whatever. I mean, I had to order very judiciously, like, I, which parts I'm getting, because, like, I definitely don't want, the, like, the eye to burst in my mouth and stuff like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me when I went to France when I was, like, 13, and I ordered something, and it was, like, steak tartare, which I love as an adult, but as a child. It was a little much? I ate it, and I, like... The whole time, I kept, like, choking down, like, vomit because I was, like, I can't believe it. But were you trying – did you eat it to try to, like, be sophisticated? No, I was trying to be polite. Oh, you're such a nice kid. Is that the intestine thing? No, it's just raw steak. It's not – I mean, it's not bad. It's it's delicious, but, like, it's a lot to, like, wrap – Yeah, it's a – But it's beef. Beef sushi, beef sashimi? Yeah. Like, very thinly sliced. And oh, it's okay. just, like, a lot to wrap your head around. Is it cured? Mm-mm. No. No, I mean, sometimes they'll put, like, lemon juice or, like, like lemon sort of and like butter. a little bit of a- acid with it, but it's not, like, but, it, like, the, it starts out as, like, a raw, like, shaving of meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But only with beef. I think you can do venison tartare as well. Yes, you can. <laughs> I love tartare now. I love it. But, like, 13-year-old... <laughs> Who could barely, like, eat things beyond macaroni and cheese. Like, God, I would sell my soul for some mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, what else Anywho, about... Poisoning Octavia. Is that it about uh, Bellamy poisoning Octavia? No, I mean... I'll have to wait. Keep my blark till the end of Wait, this is... I mean, can you can you not blark? Like, can you... No, because can I you think... talk about this objectively? It is objective, though, because this it was, like, to an extent, it was Bellamy's breaking point. Like... Sure. Um, Absolutely. And... And... Yeah. It was Bellamy's breaking point. And not, like, only that. Like, Octavia, like, taunts him with, like, another traitor you love. She's, like, such, like, a... Like, such like a, a little like a magnificent... Sister magnificent villain like is she like she's a she's little sister she's is a little sister she's yeah she's taunting her brother um and it was just like it could have been like a cute moment where but like also she's like about to kill clark so it's not that cute <laughs> but um <laughs> oh. but i mean there's other things that were cute from her side of it was that this not balarkey um is that <laughs> she knew melanie and clark did it she knew but when oh, she yeah. goes to find them, which she knew they'd be together, duh. Did they just do it, maybe? I don't know. I'll head get them that they did, just to get, like, all, like, the tension out of, after all of that, you know, no, whatever. No, of course, of course. You know, you torture somebody, you gotta, the release gotta go somewhere. <laughs> As Emory said, like, some people are I mean, into that stuff. You know worms are exploding out of someone's stomach next door. Hot. Exactly. Hot. You have sex. That's when you have Hot. sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you not? I mean, what do great whites do next to a whale carcass? I don't know. They fuck. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, so, but like she, so she knew that they both did it, but she only arrests Clark. And like, to me, that was like two mercies because A, she knows they both did it, but like Bellamy is her brother. B, if both of them are arrested, then she's going to have to throw them into the pit to fight each other. And like, as much as Bellamy's never going to, I mean... (laughs) I don't, I don't know what would happen. I guess, like, Clark would eventually be like, I have to watch Maddie. And Pelly would be like, you have to watch Maddie. And then she would kill him, probably. But, like, that's, like, after, like, hours of sitting there and everyone would be like, come on! Like, <laughs> well, and so, I mean, it would be a Kane situation, right? They would just be like, nope. And Octavia would be like, all right, I'm killing you. Both. I'm going to kill you both. Yeah. Yeah, probably. 
And so, oh my God, what if what if we never thought that Bellamy and Clark were gonna die at the end of this season? It turns out, like Octavia, oh, you shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Octavia Before is guilty of the same thing that he that she accuses Bellamy of because, like, she totally let Bellamy go because, uh, yep, because it's uh, her brother. Yeah, but she thinks Echo's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not seeing the connection between that and... <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because she sees she sees why her brother should live and she sees why Clark should live, but she can't give them both a pass. Somebody has to answer for it. Uh-huh. But she um, says you... She excuses Bellamy because she loves him, but then she tells Bellamy, you're here to, you know, um, apologize for a traitor because you love her. Yeah. That's exactly what she did. So, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what does that have to do with Echo? Uh, Why are you obsessed with Echo, Bubs? Every con- we're trying to have a Bilark conversation because here and you're bringing honestly, Echo into it. Honestly, it's, if, if it weren't for the fandom, I literally would not give a shit. And I'd probably just like be like meh about it. But like because of fandom, it's turned me into this person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame fandom, you know. Fandom didn't do this. Fandom, didn't fandom do did do this. this. Fandom did do this. How come Kara, <laughs> the same character, gets tummy worms and Echo gets Bellamy's peen? How is that fair? <laughs> do you want Bellamy to fuck Kara? No. <laughs> I just I think they both deserve tummy worms. No, I, awesome. I think that like I think That's that a logical conclusion to restore <laughs> I mean, right? the symmetry. See, Shaheen's on. We're going. Side. We're going in the wrong direction, but yes. But like so. But Do your like, Belark thing. Are you doing your Belark thing? You asked me one question. I'm answering my question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> so, it's just like what no, the show gives me. you, and so <laughs> I would totally hate you if you were close enough. Oh, yes. <laughs> um. So what the show gives you. <laughs> Versus, like, how it, like, treats, like, whether that's a positive or negative is totally, like, the show just, like, makes up whether it's positive or negative. And it's, I find it, like, confusing, but I'm hoping, like, there's going to be some kind of commentary or explanation or whatever. Anyways, so, moving on to the blog part of it. Um, so, actually, it's really funny because the first time I saw this, I was, like, I was disappointed by, because this was, this was very hyped as like a Bullock episode, like very hyped. Really? Bob hyped it. Eliza hyped it. Like as in like, this is going to be good for Bullockers yes. or it's a Bullock heavy episode. This is going to be good for Bullockers. Like people, it's going to be rough. And then, um, and then from 508 onwards, Bullockers will be happy. Okay. Is the way that it was. I love that they're like, so they murdered and tortured. But no, but that's totally your thing. They totally know what your <laughs> fandom's kink is. Well, and apparently from the perspective Bilark of Balark Doing some fucked up shit. Well, be- that's because those are always the best Balark moments is that they do fucked up shit and y'all get moist about it. They're a good team. And as you said <laughs> in the past, Joe, they are good at their job. <laughs> um... I like it when they work well together. I'm like, they're killing people. And you're like, you know, I said what I said. I like it when she calls him Big Papa. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Mama, Mama Bear. <laughs> um, but no, so, shit, maybe you lose my train of thought. 
Um, okay, yeah. I so, distracted you from your below. Yeah, you did. So, anyways, no, when I watched this, I was like, okay, well, obviously Bellamy loves Clark. Like, that's never been a question. It's always been about what kind of love that is. So it doesn't answer any questions. And I was just, like, kind of self very salty about it for like you salty (laughs) high and sodium i know what my brand is shut up so then like um i yeah your nickname should just be morton (laughs) i'll maybe i'll be that for halloween the the girl in the morton salt yeah um are you alive shaheen i'm here okay Um, am I talking too much? Should I no, no, no. I actually, I'm having a really fun time goading you. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that like, Shaheen wasn't missing out. Um, so, yeah. So it, it took me a while to like think about it. And like the thing is like the show, like even Jay Roth. So what's his name? Um, Anthony Negret, who directed this, tweeted out the quote, um, someone you love, um, and J. Roth retweeted that and said, we stuck the landing, Edmano. Edmano means brother. If you didn't know that, which you probably did. Um, and so, I mean, I I think it's clear that that was meant to be a romantic thing. And I think that that's, I think that's, we are actually finally maybe going in that direction. But who knows? Because when I first watched it, I'm like, well, it's not clear what kind of love that is. Whatever. Um, just another, like, ambiguous thing to put in my, like, giant, like, crazy person bored with strings and pictures all like mapping out like this is Blark and so um but then like again like Bob Morley hyped the shit out of the eighth episode and if I if it wasn't going anywhere if this wasn't like a turning tide then I don't think anyone would have hyped it up um so that's kind of where I'm at with it um and I did like I loved the moment in the tent with them. I thought that, like, the whole mama bear thing, like, he, I think it's a quality that he respects in her because that's who he was um, before he, like, grew beyond um, seeing just Octavia. You know, he gets the imperative. He gets, like, the pull to just act emotionally out of being protective of, like, the young one that you're supposed to protect. So... I don't know. I I really liked all that aspects of the episode, but I can see why it would be cheesy to someone who wasn't into it. Um, No, I mean, like, it was still a good, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, again, I actually really like Bellamy and Clark. Like, they are important and good to the story. And they're so cute when they murder together. And I don't mean that, like, (laughs) just purely in a shipper way. Like, it's it's adorable how good they're at it. They are. It's ridiculous. You're like, again? (laughs) Jesus, guys. Like, like, can you guys, like, go rock climbing together? Like, maybe, like, branch out. Maybe you guys have, like, other hobbies you like to do together. Yes, they do. Is it sex? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with this. Um, um, well, what was your take as, like, a non-romanticer? Did you find it at all romantic? Do you think it's where it's headed? Like, I want to know, like, a non-shipper opinion. I think that they're edging towards the line of romantic. I think that this could have definitely, like, this was still absolutely could mm-hmm. certainly be planted yeah. in platonicville but taking out the, the bts time, stuff yes yeah like but you know like as somebody who also sort of is reasonable in watching the show like whether or not they act on that or anything like i feel like we are at least going to come to sort of i hope that they at least have some sort of a reckoning mm-hmm. if that makes like sense. a 305 like, yeah, of just, like, maybe, you know, and if for whatever reason Romantic Blark doesn't happen, that they, like, acknowledge that, like, 
you know, for these reasons, you know, it's not going to happen. Or they do act on it. Like something where... Like a Casablanca. Yeah, like I don't want... (laughs) I don't think that they can do this wink nudge for... Like end the show without acknowledging it. It would be really weird. Yeah, like so whatever direction they want to take it in, whether or not they have them act on it, you know, whether they keep it platonic or keep it or make it romantic, you have to acknowledge that. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. What about you, Shaheen? I have to say, I find Clark and Bellamy's conversations confusing uh, in this season. I can't figure out why Clark says that um, Bellamy is more head over heart now. And I'm interested to know Bob's thoughts on this because she was uh, ranting about <laughs> how that it's not the case oh, right. last time. Oh, right. I and also, I can't that. understand why she says that the new Bellamy, supposedly the head over heart Bellamy, wouldn't kill Octavia even if it wasn't her sis- his sister, even if it wasn't Octavia well, or someone. What, what other had... reason there would there be? I thought that was the only reason they didn't kill Octavia was that it was Bellamy's sister. Yeah, no, I okay. So I I completely agree with your confusion too. Um, but I think that like I hated who he was last episode. To me, that didn't make any sense. This episode. It made more sense to me in terms of, like, Bellamy protecting his sister, but being very, like, conflicted by it. Um, and him understanding where Clark was coming from without, like, losing his shit was, to me, that was, like, a, a natural progression of Bellamy being more head over heart while still, like, having the heart to not kill his sister. You know? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Then why does Clark say that you wouldn't have killed he's he says like if she if she wasn't my sister i would have beat beat you to it and clark says no why not because he did he did beat her to killing (laughs) to killing kara well they did it together like he was like clark was not about to take down crazy kara cooper physically yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely going to do it. So well, no, that was know. their plan, was, though. That was very confusing. Um, I feel like it, they're kind of forced, these these conversations. Um, they kind of want to say certain things, but they don't have evidence to back it's, it up. <laughs> I think it's too muddled because you, I, for me, like, my concern with that, and I did, I also had a concern with that conversation, is that, like, what does head and heart mean in this context? Like, heart yeah. meaning passion to protect the other ones you care about which there's like there's so many sides of people they care about now which is it's like messy um so if he's protecting people in eden then he would act rashly to kill anyone and so the fact that it was octavia is still yeah that's still heart yeah um and so if he's being more head wouldn't he have killed her anyways yeah so yeah, yeah it confusing. is like what is what does head and heart mean here and, and maybe it's supposed to be confusing maybe it's does heart mean partiality <laughs> um i does think it, it mean uh, short-sightedness i thought it meant doing the hard thing for the greater good but <laughs> what is head that's what i thought head was i thought oh heart sorry was, i mean what is heart heart doing the rash thing in reaction to something being threatened. So wouldn't that always just be a negative? 
Like and only by luck you yeah you describe it and upon the way the you described version. it kind of built in the the negativity into it you there was a normative assessment in your description well I'm sorry Jesus bubs <laughs> I'm sorry you know I didn't mean just, to be a hardest just delete this whole fucking recording like <laughs> I'm, I'm de- we're shutting down the podcast <laughs> I'm gonna go eat more pizza Bye. should we move on move on to well actually's. Sure. Well, I don't have any crap. You I know, I totally first. forgot to finish filling out the right I, I totally forgot. Well, I have a couple. Okay. Okay, good. So, I already mentioned one. I, I'm already knowing how to open the collars, but Raven not. We talked about that. Um, the other thing is, okay, so Abby could have just shocked Raven once and then let go and then grab her arms or take the weapon away or whatever. Like, she already dropped and she's going to ha- need a moment to, you know pull herself together there was no need to like just roast her but neck and stand there crying be... and be like oh, i'm sorry like well stop it you can now you you now like uh dominated her for the drama shaheen <laughs> it's for the drama she's tortured well you always she's negate bored. my well actually as if like <laughs> they're not supposed to be well actually this is us anyway no, I mean, like, you provide a very rational thing that they could have done. and Isn't that what it will actually is? I thought it was, like, something that, like... I thought it was... Like, almost like an anachronism. Like, yeah. An, an, an overlooked boo-boo. Well, it's when you kind of, you're like, well, actually, if you think about it rationally, this is how it should have happened. <laughs> right? Thank you for well actualing the well actually. Um, but no, like, I agree with you. Like, it wasn't necessary. You're absolutely right in, like, what Abby could have done. But the bullshit answer for why that they did it that way is because it's more dramatic yeah. to torture Abby and Raven at the same time. Yeah. Plus, Abby's got those little, like, thin bird arms. Like, I wouldn't trust her to overpower Raven. <laughs> like, she's a, she's got her junkie shakes. Raven is she just, scrappy. She just woke up from her nap. She, yeah, like, Raven's super scrappy. Like, Abby knows she's not winning that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Have we seen Abby fight? I don't and think why? so. And <laughs> why? We've seen her, like, hold a gun and stuff, but I don't think we've ever seen her fight, no. Huh. I don't know, someone, the cabbie fans, if any of them listen to us, will surely let us know on Twitter. Have we seen Indra fight in a while? No, not in a long time. I, that upsets me. I, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to see it next week. You think so? <laughs> Maybe. Like, what if Octavia throws Indra into the pit? <gasps> in, yeah. Indra, like, she's the one that I'm concerned with that I would be really upset if they killed her. Yeah, because Indra's the best. Indra is the best. She is the moral compass. Like, it used to be Octavia for a few seasons. Yeah. But it's, no, Indra's it's got Indra. her shit together. Hmm. And her son, um, Nathan. <laughs> I, Nathan. I believe a lot of people would disagree with your Octavia comment. What? That she was the moral compass. See, some people definitely would, but I still think I've that, said like, that about Finn, and that pisses off everyone who hates Finn, which is apparently... Well, so they're... Because it's... <laughs> Okay. Finn is garbage. <laughs> Finn is someone who thought he was good, and therefore, because he thought he was Finn good... Finn is a beta, like a toxic beta male. Yeah, and he, he excused every negative thing he did, or, like, questioning his ideas, because he believed he was good, so it didn't matter what he did or what his ideas were, they were good, because he was quote-unquote good. And that's how he, like, excuses himself when he shoots up a village... <laughs> Um, he, he was not at all like, 
torn up about it. He's like, oh, they excuse me. Yay. Let's go on our date, Clark. Sorry to interrupt your date with Bellamy. <laughs> um, about the massacre? About the, yeah, the village thingy. But before that, before that, he was always the voice of reason and, and compromise and negotiation and diplomacy over war and things like that. For a hot minute. For a, yeah. The whole time from season one. Well, since he... Season, since season one. Yeah. I mean, I won't deny that he was definitely had pacifist tendencies and he let Lincoln go and all these other things. But when push comes to shove, when he's in, in the, the hot seat... He shoots up a village. He it's not great. PTSD. It's not his best look. It, yeah, it could totally be PS- PTSD. <laughs> they all have PTSD. But right? yeah, anyway. Even even um, Murphy was like, eee. Yeah, so Octavia um, being the voice of reason, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, anti-Octavia feelings out there too. Um, I... I th- there are so, like she was just out like dating some grounder guy who was kind she of she was a grounder borderline too old for oh, god <laughs> what bubs is being crass i'm not i'm i'm repeating quotes from the show still crass what, is, what was the quote again <laughs> don't throw rocks from a glass house joe <laughs> um grounder pounder and grounder pounder, yeah in in a perfect example of how um, Stockholm syndrome can be successful. Sure. <laughs> Are you suggesting that as a dating technique? I mean, I'm I'm saying that it, I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying it might work. <laughs> that it works. But it's yeah. not a. It's not. I'm, it's not. It's not right. Ethical. It is not ethical. But you were saying if it works, it's, it's okay. I'm not saying anyway, <laughs> as, as a dating strategy, this is where my where my it depends is like nope. <laughs> if it creates better yeah. greater good, if it makes everyone happier. Because the person after the Stockholm Stockholm syndrome is established, the person will be happy too. Not forever. The messed up person. Well it's like anyway. ni- nightingale any, syndrome. Any TV shows to recommend? Um, the Expanse finale was amazing. Oh, yeah? um, I haven't seen it yet, and it kills and me. Get your shit together, I know. Um, they did. Wait, did you watch it, Shaheen? No, not the finale. Well, so once you guys get caught up, like there are like I've noticed that like episodes of the hundred that air, and then episodes of the Expanse that air, like the next day, like when they when they get set up back to back. They weirdly have, like, almost identical overlap in, like, themes of the week. It's, like, creepy. Um, This week's Expanse was fully, uh, like, dealt with the issue of, like, how do you break the cycle of violence? And sort of, you know, how do you go about that or whatever? And people's desire to do that, you know, as, like, a concept that, boom, nobody had ever thought of before. Like, they did on The Fucking Hundred, where Monty is like, for fuck's sake, you guys, like, there is another way. Um, so that was really good. Um, other than that, I really haven't watched anything because the missus is out of town and I am dumb watching TV by myself because then I'd have to rewatch it. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Watch The Expanse. Yeah, I'm going to harp, um, humans again. (laughs) I told Um, you you'd like that show. Huh? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, this, this last episode was crazy. Uh, definitely watch it. We'll pod on it. And um, yeah, 
Anything? Do you want to suggest anything, Bubs? Uh, I've been home since last Wednesday. Um, It's funny to me that you call, like, going to see your parents' house home. I know. I've lived in New York for, like, a million years, and I still call this home. Did you grow up in this house? Uh, I think we moved here when I was, like, eight. Okay, so yes. Yeah. Um, So it is, like, home. Yeah. Um, And so, anyways, I've been here for a while. My family is very clingy. Um, so I have not seen anything, but I did like, before I came here, I did see the Netflix movie, the setup, and it was cute and people should watch that if they want like an easy rom-com. Okay. Yeah. And I love Zoe Dutch. I was so sad that like, um, what was it called? The Vampire Academy. That Oh, Vampire Academy. Vampire Academy. I still loved that movie. It was terrible. Whoever was like the, the... the sound the books mixer. were better. The books were much better. Um, but I was so sad that that, like, didn't get off the ground um, so that we could have sequels because I love Zoe Dutch and she was, like, the the protagonist on that. Um, anyway, so you guys should see the setup. Joe, there's no gay in it, though, so don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear my cat rattling the doorknob? No. Oh, I can't. he's very angry that the door is locked. <laughs> How dare you? But thank you for, like, letting me know not to waste my time with your, you know, heteronormative, you know, <laughs> But there was a really great scene. Um, I saw someone captured in GIF, maybe I'll send you the GIF set, but, like, there's this moment where she wants, she, her and this other guy who works in the same office building as her, um, they are the assistants to these, like, high-powered um boss people and so in order to have like a better quality of life this is like clueless but like in the corporate world um they decide to like set up their bosses to like date each other so they'll be like happy and in love and like stop giving them shit um and so there's a scene where um part of her plan is to get them on like the kiss camera at the yankees game Uh so she um she goes to the guy who like does the kiss camera and he's like okay well what do they look like and she describes her boss she's like she's this stunningly intimidating woman who's just like all this like it's like the most complimentary but like also like scary like description of someone uh-huh. and she's like and the other one is a guy <laughs> that's like all she gives which was like hilarious but like it was a very cute scene where she shows how much she loves her boss um and like how much she like um reveres her um so i feel like maybe like you'd think of that moment was cute um thanks yeah anyways Aw. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. So next time we're probably going to do an ad hoc sort of um, hiatus mini pot uh, where, you know, we respond to some fan responses and, you know. That we haven't gotten to when I get things like, yeah, yeah. Sorry about like that. that. Anything else, guys? No. All right. Didn't well. I not over Belark? No, no. You kept it to a very reasonable amount of <laughs> Yes. We had a reasonable <gasps> dose of Belark. Yes. Yeah, which I mean, given the, the amount of Balark in the episode, yeah. like it it is reasonable to talk about. Like we can't just like ignore that like they are not two we characters can't on the fucking pretend show. That Cabby are the main characters. As much as some people would like to pretend that and do. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Alright. Well, cool. take it easy, guys. Maybe geek again. Bye. Bye. Miss you guys. Love you guys. Like, it's been really great having you on the podcast, like, all of these episodes, but, like, I feel like for my amusement and general art that we are trying to produce, you kind of owe us this. Oh, my God. And I'll just come back for the finale be like, I missed all the episodes, but I killed a panther, so we're good. What up? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we watched the episodes at the bar. Oh, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just creep over in the woods and like peer through windows and stuff. No, I'll find a fellow fellow fan and just like watch through their window while they watch and just like read the lip reads of like <laughs> what's happening and I'll be like, I think Bellamy said blah 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 blah. But no, really I mean, he sometimes said, like, you'll sometimes people like will throw you coins and stuff and and you will go to the bar and get a drink. The I don't bar think anyone would the, throw me coins. I would like to know what the, bars you go to. Show the you bar guy on the, the on the hilltop is like it's just in the woods, like this bar that's like overpriced because like um, it's just like for people who are hiking. It's just for the wood woodland folk. Yeah, it's like it's not very crowded, and there's this old dude there. Uh, but are we getting but some more he gives fan he gives he gives Bob's discounted drinks. And she like, you know, she gives him... She cries about Balark. She gives him the money that she baked or whatever. And and he puts on the hundred. That's actually and, a really nice story. And gives, like, gives I mean, if, this is, if I'm really going to be like Clark, though, I'm going to hold him at like knife point and make him put the CW on. I don't and know. Just hold him hostage. He could, be, he could be your Nyla. I'm just saying. Well, this you is could, true. Uh, the this sexy true. guitar riff. I mean, you'd have to have like some shoe blister skill so he's like healing my shoe blister because I'm not going to get actually attacked by a panther. Right, no. This is like suburbia. Yeah. Actually no, we do have, you I have think they're bobcats. Yeah, and some bobcats, whatever. And, and like, coyotes. You know, local, local just street cats. They can be shady. <laughs> You're like, I got a really bad splinter. Um, yeah. Is this going to, is this going to be tropey? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't last like more than 30 minutes before like I walked into a department store and was like, I need help. <laughs> I just feel like, Please, I really need to take me to the women's lounge and somebody call my mom. 